Galaxy of Film presents. Let's fucking go! What's up, guys, and welcome back to Galaxy of Films bonus content. Let's fucking go. Max and I are joined here today by the uh, Max. You're introducing these people. So I just forgot everyone's <laughs> names. We're just going to be talking about Boba Fett today. Just something from Star Wars, and we'll get right into that very soon. But uh, Max, we're joined with some special people today. So yeah. take it away, man. Yeah, we got some very special guest stars coming up. Uh, some of you who are fans of the LFG series may remember a few weeks ago, we did a little episode where I had Dakari on here. And I had uh, Dan from Remedial Film Class came on. It, it was we had a great fucking time. We we spent about I, I think a little under an hour discussing this little Vinegar Syndrome film called uh, New York Ninja. And lucky us, we were able to get the members behind the soundtrack to come on the show this week because you guys like Boba Fett. So here we are discussing some yes, of the indeed. new Disney Plus show, The Book of Boba Fett. Introducing first, we have Steve. How are you doing, man? I am fantastic, and thank you for having us on, for sure. Of course, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself real quick before we get into this. Gotcha. Well, uh, as you stated, my name is Steve Green, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm a, a member of Voyager 3, and I do all the synthesizers and any of the weird electronic-y stuff. That's probably me. <laughs> Wonderful description. Um, <laughs> introducing next, we have Greg. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having us. Awesome, man. And um, if you don't mind... Tell about yourself as well to our listeners. Yeah, I play drums. Any any percussion drums you hear, it's probably me. Okay, okay, Could pretty be Steve. awesome. You never know. In a pretty <laughs> rockin' Boba Fett uh, hoodie as well, if I do say so myself. I was right. jealous just for when I saw him that. <laughs> 13-year-old me will be jealous. I got stuck rocking around either 7th or 8th grade of the shitty little zip-up mask. Boba Fett, God, I kind of hated that thing. Well, I, I had the underoos. You know, if, if we're opening up here. <laughs> <laughs> but do you still have them? I, I try to wear them, but, you know, they're a little tight, man. They're a little tight now. <laughs> it's a thought that counts. It's a thought that counts, man. <laughs> you can squeeze into them, Steve. I can. I can, yep. I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> um, last but certainly not least, we have Aaron. Welcome onto the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm Aaron. I'm in Voyager 3. I'm the guitarist. Mm -hmm. And uh, after almost 10 years of being a band, I got to sing one song on the New York <laughs> Ninja soundtrack. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. They, they Steve wouldn't, Steve doesn't even give me a mic on stage for all these years. <laughs> you know, Steve's been depriving me of a mic. Um, huh. He's like, if, if you have a mic on stage, people are going to think you're the singer in the band because I was a singer in all our old bands. And he's <laughs> like, I'm not even going to give your punk ass a mic. You, you sit up there and you play the guitar. And shut the fuck up and play with your foot pedals <laughs> and and play the songs right as right as you can and uh and then and now boy I got, does he got do that <laughs> does a great job with that <laughs> that's awesome man um are you, you're a comic book collector i see very much real quick so. what, are, what are some of your yes, favorite uh, runs um you know i would say um nightfall back in 92 mm -hmm. um that was an amazing story. It was right after they did the death of Superman mm. and DC was like, oh, death of Superman really sold. We need to shake up Batman. Let's do something crazy. So that was where they brought in Bane 
mm-hmm. and Bane broke Batman's back and Azrael took over Batman for a while. It was a great story. I wrote probably two songs about it back in our old band. And um, also a, a lot of that Batman stuff from through the 90s into the earlier 2000s. I loved the No Man's Land where there was a huge earthquake and Gotham got cut off from the mainland and, and turned into like a basically an, an escape from LA kind of situation in, in, uh, in Gotham City. And funnily enough, um, Dark Knight Rises took both of those stories and yeah. kind of them into a, into their own story. So that was I was really hyped about that. Uh, also, definitely like X Men from the uh, mid to late eighties and into the early nineties uh, when they did um, Fall of the Mutants stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm pretty old school. Um, I haven't kept up with comics as much as I was back then, but I still have my collection and, and still buy stuff here and there. I love Astro City mm-hmm. and anything Astro City, especially the like the 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 earlier stuff when um like the first you know few years um sin city a bunch of stuff i'm I'm a huge comic book fan aaron what about preacher i was just gonna say oh. man like all of us still <laughs> yeah. have all of our issues of preacher yeah. still to this day come on man yeah i don't I'm know how preacher preacher. Didn't come in. well i could show you this just to prove my credit. Oh, i know what he's gonna show you it's killer yep. oh, oh yeah so yeah, we uh, had yeah, a preacher poster up preacher. in our practice space I Light. still think that's still that one where he's lighting preacher. a cigarette, right? Yeah, he's lighting a cigarette. I would still say Preacher is my favorite story of all time, as far as something that has a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, Batman's been going for like seventy years, right? Or mm. what was it, eighty years now? I think eighty, yeah. <laughs> um, and and obviously there are many, many stories, many different creators, and all that, and different artists. Preacher had the same writer, same artist the whole time, and. Uh, uh, something with a succinct story to tell. Preacher's my favorite story of all time, for sure. Okay, you don't hear that too often. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, you certainly wouldn't think that Batman had all that content because all I see in the movies are the origin story over and over. Isn't that the truth? Over. I know. <laughs> They're really stuck on that, aren't yeah. they? I can't believe Batman has that much content. You're really <laughs> opening up something here, man. That's uh, as far as most of those movie people read. They're like, listen, the origin is where it's at. We yeah, but tell what happened to his parents? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We that, know what happened. Yeah, six or seven different takes on what happened to his parents. I got it. I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> Aaron, before we get into the, the book of Boba Fish, I want to ask you real quick, because not too many people know what I'm talking about. Um, I forget what year it came out. I know mid-2000s, I want to say. Did you ever read the All-Star Batman series? It was 12 issues, I think. Um, That was by Frank Miller, right? Yeah. I started it. I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't really get into it. I, 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 you know, I love earlier Frank Miller. I mean, mm. the Sin City stuff and freaking, you know, Year One. Uh, I even like Year One more than the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay. Um, but I love Dark Knight Returns too, and and so I, I would say, like back in the old days and his Daredevil stuff, he could do no wrong. But something happened to Frank Miller. I think, like in his old age. Mm-hmm. And he, I feel like he's gone kind of crazy. Like when he, when he came back and did the Dark Knight uh, Strikes Again, Insane. that to me was un- unreadable. And yeah, um, it's not good. And so All Star Batman, I felt the same way. I remember him. I don't know when he says I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm like, come on, dude. Batman doesn't talk like that. But there, there are going to be plenty of people who love that, and I respect <laughs> that. That could be their favorite version. That's what's so great about Batman is uh, there have been so many different interpretations of him for all mm-hmm. these decades 
that really I can't say what's the most valid or whatever. I just have my favorite versions, you know, like Doug Mensch and, and, um, and um, you know, Chuck Dixon and Denny O'Neill and all those guys and Neil Adams. But, you know, who's to say Adam West, you know, isn't a perfectly valid version of Batman? I don't think so, but other people do. So what, whatever, I can't. I, what did you think about All-Star Batman? Oh, dude, you, you mentioned the line itself, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. All-Star Batman is a weird clusterfuck. I don't <laughs> know what was going through Frank Miller's mind. Um, right. But at that point, I am the goddamn Batman. It becomes laughable. And I can yeah. love it from that point. You can okay, that's cool. That's mm. cool that you can love that. And for me, I'm like, oh no, no way. But you're like, oh, this is great. It's so ridiculous. And that's cool. That's awesome that we can all interpret it, you know. However. Mm. One of the later issues, like Robin like paints covers the Green Lantern in golden paint and almost beats him half to death with his bare hands, and Bruce is just yeah. watching. It's weird, man. <laughs> why why does he do that to Green Lantern? Oh, because Green Lantern, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've read I think he knows Bruce is Batman, and he comes down to try to confront Bruce over how he's raising, or, like, not raising, but how he's, like, watching over Dick. Yeah. Because um, there was that whole scene, I think the issue prior, where, like, Dick takes the, like, the, that axe and chops the dude in the mouth at one point who killed his parents in the Batcave. Gotcha. It just becomes weird. Okay. Like, yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> that's Frank Miller. Yeah, man, that that one line, "I am the goddamn Batman," is is just great. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a film, they'd come right up close on him, and, and you know the music would drop down, and he would say the line, "Aaron, deliver the line how you think it might go." I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm so, yeah, there you go. I'm really Pretty surprised sweet. Ben that's Affleck sweet. didn't say it. Honestly, I like it when you say it. I, hey, I'm in. When is it open? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron delivered that shit good. <laughs> I've been working on that for my whole life. That's so. true. That Come is on. true. Steve, don't don't feed his ego, man. Come on. <laughs> Aaron, we're gonna need you to come back on in a few weeks for the Batman. We're doing a double feature on that. Are you looking forward to it? Um Yeah, let's do it. Fuck yeah, let's dude. Oh, the, like oh a... the movie? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the I movie. Tickets. I just got my tickets today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, was like, I, did. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to like how I was going to swing it with work and all that stuff. But then I was like, all right, I'm getting my tickets. And, um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, I, you know, for me personally, like I said, it's all about your own interpretation, but Christian Bale, Chuck Nolan, I mean, not Chuck Nolan, Christopher Nolan was my favorite mm-hmm. version. I feel like they, they nailed it so, so great. And he's my favorite director other than Ridley Scott. Christian Bale's my favorite actor, even before he did Batman. So to take my favorite actor, favorite director, and put it with my favorite character of all time, I was just in heaven for all three movies. I love all three. I believe and, it, man. Um, yeah. yeah, and like for f- that was the peak for me. So after that, I was like, anything they want to do with it, I'm cool, whatever. I'll be, I'll be happy to see it, but I don't have any personal... I've never gotten worked up about it since the Christopher Nolan movies. Like when they said Ben Affleck and a lot of people were up in arms about that. I was like, Oh, let him get, let him have a chance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm not emotionally invested anymore because they, I, I reached the top of the mountain. It's just like whoever plays Wolverine after Hugh Jackman, oh, I wish him luck, but they're not going to top what Hugh Jackman did. There's no way. So I wish him well. So I don't have, I'm not like down <laughs> on it. And I'm also not extremely excited about the new Batman, but of course I'm curious and I want to see it. But I'm not like you know, dying in my seat. But 
hey, maybe the movie will change my mind. Maybe it'll just blow me away, and that would be awesome. Yeah, I feel you on that. You've already had your uh, your thirst quench of the three films. I get that. That's, that's yeah. fair, too. That's a good way of looking at it. Is Batman going to sparkle? Is he gonna Hell sparkle? no, he's not. John Pattinson, dude, is a fantastic <laughs> actor. He is pretty no, good. That's Absolutely. a Twilight reference. You guys know what yeah. I'm talking about. Vampire sparkle. You shouldn't sparkle. even bring it up. Shame on you for even bringing up a Twilight reference. <laughs> See, that's Greg trying to get in there and stir it up, stir it up a little trying bit. To, he's up. trying to rile me up. Hey, <laughs> I've been I dealing got one with other him riling got... me up since 1994. He's been trying to do it. That's right. Doesn't, here's doesn't one, usually here, work. Here, here's one more, Aaron. Michael Keaton is the best Batman. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that's... That's valid. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm also with true. you. Krishna Bale. I'm with you. I'm with you, Aaron. I got you, bud. I got you. <laughs> he was great. And you get him back. Now we have Michael Keaton again playing Batman. That's what's so great about it is if you wait, if you live long enough, you get to see everything <laughs> you want to see. You get to see Tom Holland, fucking Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire or Spider-Man. Who, If you told me that two years ago, we'd see it. I would have never believed it. But now... If we're patient, we wait and we get all everything we ever want to see. Oh, is that what the multiverse means? They'll show all oh. three of those different Spider-Man. I didn't. You didn't see it yet. No, but that's fine. That's cool. It's cool as shit. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome, dude. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. I don't know when I'm gonna see it, but when you said that, uh, I'm like, that no. has to be what that means. Fuck it. Just forget. <laughs> I said. No, but I mean, it's it's been out for like two months or whatever. It's, so it's on me. It's my fault. It's it's on. It's kind yeah, of it's you. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. See, you're telling me you avoided spoilers <laughs> for No Way Home. Yeah, how did uh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Kudos. Yeah, you are a yeah, better Max, man than I am, sir. Max, media. they have a life. They're not on their phone like we are almost every hour of every day. <laughs> okay, but no one go that far. They, 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 I'm serious, man. They have a life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, right. I'm gonna watch it soon because everyone I've seen. Up until this point, I really enjoyed them, so there's no reason to think that this this one won't be great too. So oh, that's this cool. this will probably you'll probably feel like this is either the best or one of the best you've ever seen. For gotcha, sure. gotcha. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so much of a fan of Robert Rodriguez's Part Three, though. I will say that that one I didn't like the Fallout Boy element of that one. Rob, you Rob, mean the Sam Raimi? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yep, sorry. Sam okay. Raimi. Sam Raimi's third one. Uh, I I didn't love that one. No, I don't think anybody did. I mean, right, 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 right. <laughs> it had some cool parts, but it was certainly the weakest of, the, of his three. I would yeah. Say. Mm. Let's go ahead, um, Danilo. Go ahead and give us your overall, you know, your usual summary and your recap. So, how we're going to do this is we're going to go episode by episode. Um, full spoilers ahead, but it's completely fine. We're going to go one by one after Danilo um, gives his recap per episode with the title. And just sharing overall thoughts, characters, plot points. If you have nothing to say, moving on. It's cool. Like it, th- we're laid back here. It's all good. That's right. Danilo. Spoilers are okay because remember we've already established. If you haven't seen it by now, that's your fault. Yeah, oh, you. our, our listeners you. already know this. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Danilo, they wouldn't be listening to this episode if they hadn't watched Boba Fett. I hope. Right. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Danilo, go ahead and uh, give us the recap for episode one. We talked about um, Mandalorian seasons one and two early, early yeah, on yeah, Galaxy yeah. of Film. Yeah. Where are we yeah. since we've left off at that point? I know exactly where we are, man. I, I made a Snapchat memory of it. December 18th, 2020, at 3.48 a.m. in the morning, I mm-hmm. was just sitting in my room 
watching the end of Mandalorian after I just saw fucking Luke Skywalker walk in a building for no goddamn reason whatsoever, <laughs> except for fan service. And then we just wait for, we, we watch the credits and we see Boba Fett sit down and we see Boba Fett will return in the book of Boba Fett. And I just thought to myself, I'm done. I'm, I'm just done with this franchise at this point. So then we flash forward now to whenever this show started and we get chapter one, Stranger in a New Land. And we see Boba Fett climb out of the Sarlacc pit um, if we watched Parks and Rec, I guess we would have understood that, um, you know, like what else could we have possibly seen besides what they described in Parks and Rec? You know, <laughs> like it's, it's not like he's going to just be flying through sand and doing something else with the lightsaber. Anyway, though, he gets out of his fucking uh, Sarlacc pit and he befriends Tuscans, and yeah, and he's trying to be what, what do they call him? The dynamo of the fucking Mas Espa. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. all. Yeah. And that's dynamo. it. Dynamo. I think so. Something like that, dude. I'm sh- yeah, it's something like it's something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what are your what were your expectations going to this, Danilo? I know you weren't looking forward to this. We've been very vocal about it in the show. You and I are opposites. I'm pumped for it. You were not okay with the Boba Fett show. What were your expectations? Like episode one, sitting down. Expectations were like my my my, my buddy and I watched all of them together, and so my expectations were like, well, I know my friend likes Boba Fett, so we'll just watch it and I'll see where it goes from here. So it was low, like it was literally on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, like I couldn't care what they did with this character at all. Um, I did like it though. Like I didn't like not like it. I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have when I look back at it as a season whole, as season as a whole. But episode one was pretty okay. You know, I liked how he befriended the Tuscans. I always like seeing them. I think it's interesting that they're not, you know, these absolute just savages. Um, like we've seen the prequels and A New Hope. So I mean, I liked it for what it was. It was all right. It was okay. Special though. It was a nice starting off point. See, for me, I am or I was a really big fan of the CW Arrow show back for the first like two or three seasons, I want to say. And one of the things I really enjoyed watching or about that show as I was watching growing up was the uh, the flashback sequence. I'm seeing two coherent stories being told at the same time um, throughout several seasons on top of that, too. So I was really impressed that Book of Boba Fett was able to almost mirror that style by telling two stories at once. So I appreciate the flashback stuff. I thought that was by far the most interesting thing about the Book of Boba Fett is seeing the Tuscan stuff. Uh, we saw a little bit in the season two and I think season one on that Tatooine episode of Mandalorian. Um, some of the humanizing of the Tuscans themselves. We're seeing them so- you know, use ASL and whatnot. Um, yeah, I fucking love the Tuscan stuff. I think that's one of the most interesting things of Star-, Star Wars has done in the last ten years easily. I want to see it done of plenty more aliens. Um, but with the Tuscans, man. Something about it. Because like you said, in the prequels in The New Hope, all we know them as are savages and almost animals, in a sense. You know, they're just out there. We, we see them kidnap. We don't see it, but we they kidnap Shimmy. They, I'm assuming they torture her because she's, what, restrained? Like tied up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what Post. she was on. They actually have some, like, uh, almost, like, low-key pivotal points in all the story. You know, like what you're saying, um, mm-hmm. uh, Shmi uh, runs in with him. Uh, Luke kind of <clears throat> gets in trouble, and that brings out uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then also they shoot some of those pods, and that has uh, a different outcome on the race because they interfere with that in a way, if you think of it that way. That might be stretching a little bit, but still, overall, 
they've had some pretty meaningful interactions in the story, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. I'm really glad to see that, you know, a little bit of that dug deeper with the Book of Boba yeah. Fett. Um, Definitely in The Mandalorian when they brought him in and Cobb Vanth and, and Mandalorian worked with them to take down that huge, you know, dragon. That was cool. I mean, that, yeah. I think that was the first time we'd really seen them actually being treated like people, like characters mm -hmm. who you communicate with instead of just being the bad guys in the desert. And, and we saw, I think everybody loved that. You know, we get to see them actually working together. That was super cool. And then that opened the door for the Boba Fett thing, kind of let us understand that they could be worked with. They could be, they weren't unreasonable, you know? Mm. Completely agree. Um, Steve, how are you feeling about episode one of these flashbacks? Are you a fan on the two stories being told at once? For sure. I mean, to me, it's a great way to uh, break it up. And also, too, I think to maybe a little bit more of an inexperienced watcher, they might not have even understood that at first. Obviously, it comes it becomes clear soon. But at first, it might even be jarring to a watcher. And they might be like, what am I, what's going on here? You know, and then, oh, I get it. You know, and then it kind of comes together. So it's, an, it's another way to kind of keep the watchers uh, of it uh, on their toes in a way or uh, not spoon-feed it to them in a way. they got to make them work for it just a little bit. And I like that. I, I like to be challenged or know that that's happening in a, in, a, in a story. Okay. Okay. Greg, what about you? How are, are you satisfied with finally seeing Boba Fett coming out of the Sarlacc? What are some of your thoughts on episode one? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was going to ask... <laughs> I was going to ask Danilo how old of a guy he is. And uh, I know that I'm probably significantly older than him. So, like, I think, like, my opinion of Boba Fett, like, he said my, you know, my expectations are on the floor. I think for, like, the three of us, like, Boba Fett, like, since I was a kid, has been, like, the main cool bounty hunter. Like, mm -hmm. so we've been we've been wait like there are those of us that are advanced in age that have been waiting for so long <laughs> for boba fett's story because number one my brother's favorite bounty hunter is boba fett he collects anything boba fett and i always i always kind of like make fun of him because i'm like he's kind of like the worst bounty hunter right like <laughs> he got defeated by you know blind hand solo knocked hmm. into the sarlacc pit and died i mean he he couldn't have been any weaker, right? So <laughs> when when they announced Book of Boba Fett, I was like, all right, so finally this character who looks so cool, and that let's face it, that's why everybody loves Boba Fett, because he looks cool. Yeah, he, he had a very cool little outfit. dialogue. That, that helps. So we're finally, we're, yeah, we're finally going to get, we're going to make him the badass that he's supposed to be. And, you know, in episode one, you you made the Parks and Rec reference. I heard that that was a thing that uh, Favreau probably did on purpose. I'm guessing he probably did. But uh, I don't know, man. He's like a little too nice, right? Like, you know, the the whole Tuscan thing, they're kind of humanizing both of them. And I kind of want I kind of want Boba Fett to be kind of a ruthless bounty hunter. But I, I realize this is the Disney version of Boba Fett. So in a way, you're... If you listen to our podcast at all, you'll hear me say this a lot. I am pretty forgiving. I, I'll, I'll take any Star Wars content, any horror content, any sci-fi content I can get, and I won't be overly critical of it. Mm -hmm. But with Boba Fett, I just feel like he's too nice, and it, it sort of started in the first episode. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to be like a good guy by the end. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that that's kind of like 
that I guess that's my only criticism, and I did like it. I mean, I I like Boba Fett as a character, so I'll watch anything with him in it. You know, I thought about that too. Um, it didn't derail me, and I, I, I'm not saying that it derailed you either. But I thought about that, and then in my mind, I thought, well, because he had a, that near death experience, and he's got injured, and had all this trauma, and uh, and he's older. All these all these things came together. Maybe he thought. Man, I gotta change my ways, man. Maybe you know, maybe that might be some of the rationale that you can extrapolate yourself into justifying why he's not exactly that ruthless. You know what he's legendary for, perhaps. You know, or maybe it was all hype to begin with. You never know. You know, I mean, like his Darth lore. Is... To him, it's like he disintegrates everybody, right? You know right. what I mean? Like, because he points out, "Don't disintegrate this one." But I, I don't feel like this Boba Fett would disintegrate anybody, man. He probably try to help him. You know, so I don't, I don't know, man. That's funny. I, again, I think everything John Favreau has done is pretty awesome. You know, like I think he should be handed the keys to the Star Wars kingdom. Mm. So, I, I, I don't know. I like it. I like all the visuals. I like, you know, pretty much everything that went on in, in Episode One. I'm not too critical. How did you feel about Boba Fett in Season Two of The Mandalorian, with how he's portrayed compared to the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I mean, that was like, see, I think why that works so well is because he's a supporting character. He's supporting mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. And he comes in and beats some ass. You know, when they when they had that episode with stormtroopers on the planet and and uh, and he and, and Grogu is on that that sort of shrine and yeah. and they're trying to give him time to communicate and they have to hold him off. Boba Fett and, and Fennec Shand are just troubleshooters they're just like assassins and they're out there kicking ass and and luckily we never care about whether stormtroopers live or die right so we get Mm -hmm. to see them like just taking them out savagely he's got his gaffy stick and he's uh just decimating them and he doesn't have to lead the show he's just there just strictly to kick ass and to get his armor back right so i think that's why it works so beautifully in that episode because it kind of the last thing you expect for mm. them to come in and save the day and 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 they get to just be ruthless and it's super cool now you now now we're now we all have to understand him as a leading man and is that gonna work or not now we have episode one and we're like okay you're gonna you're gonna rule with fairness all right man i mean mm. uh, let's see where this goes but you know, you could just like leave Tatooine and go beat ass all over the galaxy. You have yeah. that too. You know, you got <laughs> yeah. your armor. You go disintegrate anything you yeah. want, and he has and, a ship. You want to rule with kindness, so all right, we'll give that a chance. So that was well, how I thought about episode. That's one. what Cad Bane I, did allude to. I mean, I'm jumping ahead, of course, but just real quickly, uh, Cad Bane did say you're getting soft in your old age. So maybe they they even hinted that a little bit and uh, acknowledged that. So yeah. that's one thing. Mm. Yeah, with episode one, I just felt like, okay, this is going down a route I wouldn't necessarily have expected, but um, I definitely liked the the interaction with him and the and the sand people, and um, just kind of showing him um, getting healed and and kind of figuring out his way in the world now. Also, I got to say, I was a huge fan of Arrow for the first four seasons. Mm-hmm. 
uh, three or four seasons, and then and then that that one lost me too. Once they brought in uh, Neil McDonoghue as that magic user guy, I was like, no, why are you doing that to Arrow? Why is? Do you remember <laughs> that when they brought him in? Vaguely, I, I quit after I quit after Rachel Ghoul. Say again. I quit after Rachel Ghoul. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah you, you left it a good point because they brought in <laughs> Neil McDonough, who's a great actor. You know, the guy who plays, um, uh, you know, Dum Dum Duggan in in, uh, in the Captain America movies, and and uh, he, but he's just this magic user, this magician, so this wizard. So anytime Arrow pulls out, you know, anytime he pulls out an, uh, his bow and arrow. Neil McDonough would just put his hand up and he couldn't shoot his bow and he'd be pinned against the wall. And they did that for a whole season in it and I got pissed. Oh, that sounds <laughs> fun. Yeah. <laughs> really creative. Yeah. I, they couldn't do anything to this guy. And that, the show was all about fighting. It was all about hand to hand combat for mm. three seasons. And all of a sudden they, they changed gears. Anyway, I don't know that. I could <laughs> Uh, I'm Aaron glad someone else feels the same uh, way about Arrow. Tangents, and that's okay. Arrow <laughs> was so good at one point. What a shame. It was. It was so great. Danilo, episode two. Start us up. The tributes of Tatooine. Um, they're still with the Tusken Raiders here. Boba Fett goes to a tree. He, t- he takes some drugs. Um, you know, we've all been there. We've all done stuff like that. Maybe we've never seen a tree. We wish we could have built our gaffy stick when we, you know, get high or whatever. But we can't, you know guess it's film but anyway though we keep going on and they don't die in this one yet you know spoilers but we just see him back with the tuscans and he kind of becomes what accustomed to their culture like they accept him is this mm-hmm. where they rob the train too yeah they like rob a train or something or that, that was an episode one who knows yeah, he, he kind of earns their respect over yeah. and the, their trust that sort of thing yeah and then that was it i think this is one more he goes he continues to go to the town and he notices now that there's problems with the mayor um and you can't visit the mayor. Mm. So. And the Pike Syndicate's revealed in this episode, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yes, um, yes. Which we talked about on the main show. I'm pretty sure, maybe we talked off-air, we thought was going to lead to Crimson Dawn at some point due to yes. the yes, recent uh, comic event, the, the War of the Bounty Hunters, which is very Crimson Dawn-heavy, but uh, fortunately we didn't get that. You know, just the Pikes. But yeah, man. How, what are your what are your thoughts on this episode, Danielle? I mean, I liked it, dude. Like, m- my expectations for this show have just was just you know on the floor, man. I couldn't care what they did with the character. We see him doing his shit with his uh, Tuscan Raider friends, and it's getting better. Like, that's good writing. You know, we see him being, you know, I, I don't know, just he's like being accustomed to their culture, really, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Like, I'm I'm loving it. It seems out of character, like we, you know, like everyone has said already, you know. He doesn't say anything, so he's a badass just because he hasn't said anything. He's still a badass. And then he just becomes like a soft guy because he's just chilling with the Tuscans. Now, the Tuscans, though, weren't soft people when you look back at everything they've done before. You know, yeah, they're still humans, but it just seems weird to me, man. Like, that's the only thing that seems a bit weird. It seems just a bit out of character. I'm liking it so far. You know, I'm like, it's all right. You know, it's cool. But I think it was cool that we see the mayor... Um, that I don't even know what the guy's fucking name is, but the guy who's like his like jester. Um, oh, his Twilight. Hilarious. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're introduced yeah. to him, and I'm like, <laughs> that's real odd, but okay, you know, that's interesting character choice. He, he's the ultimate in. like kiss ass. Like, um, who was uh, who was Trump's first press secretary? Kind of reminded me of him. <laughs> 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 Forgot his name. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I forget him. He was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, that him. guy. Uh, yeah. Spicer. Spicer, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Kind of reminded me of like a you know real life version of that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Love. Um, gosh, <laughs> episode two did something I really loved, and that was seeing the stuff of the lizard, the Tuscans. It was weird. It's different. It's cool. Um, you know, all, the only drug use we hear in Star Wars is spice and death sticks. So it's kind of neat to see the lizard thing just being a little bit different out of pocket. Um, what I thought was really interesting, though, was the, the actual Boba going to the tree to get his stick to turn into his gafty stick. One of the most interesting things, in my opinion, because we get to see constantly throughout the Clone Wars, uh, both the 2D 2003 micro-series and the animated series we see in Rebels, even... And if I'm not mistaken, if hmm, I know we see it some in the video games as well, but we, we see a lot of like forming a lightsaber overall throughout canon. We see the lightsaber so important to the Jedi, it's so significant to them. I thought it was really neat to see that significance held for the Gafty stick yeah. with the Tuscans, basically having the same meaning. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. Um, Episode two, Pike stuff's cool though. I mean, the whole train sequence yeah. as well. This is where we see the huts too, and we see black, um, the black Chewbacca. Yeah, black Chewbacca and whatever, and that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. like it, I, I get it. You know, we throw in a little fan service in there already. Like, all right, that's cool. The huts I thought were really cool. I thought it was gonna be the Clone War hut, Rado or Stinky. I know him by Stinky. I don't know what his real name. Oh, was. Jabba's son. Yeah, Jabba's son. So I'm like, now that would've been cool, but. It wasn't, um, as we find later in life. But I thought seeing the huts in there, now that was the coolest thing to me. Because now we're having um, kind of like the Godfather type shit. Like, we're, we're, ha- we're having families here that we have, hmm. you know, problems with. So, I like that, but it didn't go anywhere, really. But we'll talk about I it. I thought seeing the huts was cool, too, even though I was kind of hoping for either Zero the Hut from Clone Wars, the, the movie and the show as well, uh, Jabba's uncle. He and- died. Um, from the Phantom Menace, Gardul the Hut would have been cool to see because in canon she owned Anakin, and at one point okay. she even captures Jango in the, the bounty hunter game, which isn't canon anymore, but still, yeah, um, cool stuff though. Yeah. She captured Jango in that. There's a whole chunk of the game of Jango escaping her palace in Tatooine. Hmm. Zero died though, man. When did Zero she die? Got, remember when they had? Remember when Quinlan Voss and Cad Bane gets the lightsaber? Like, Cad Bane, like, grabs Obi-Wan's lightsaber, and that, like, little, like, singing girl, like, shoots Zero. Forgot all about that. Come on, dude. That was a, that was a goaded episode. That's when Cad Bane gets his rocket boots, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, dude. He's kicking shit. Forgot all about that, dude. Because that was early. That's 2000... No, that was yeah, we... season three. Yeah, we were, like, seven, dude. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Obi-Wan still had the armor at that point. That's cool stuff. Yeah. God. But yeah, it would have been cool to see Gardola, in my opinion. Um, just because What g- year was that, roughly, if you recall? Like 2009 or 10. Nine, nine or 10, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I think 10, because I was, I had to be season three. Yeah. More than likely, yeah, 2010. Yeah. The Huts were a cool addition because that's always one character. I mean, depending how much you've watched um, of all Star Wars stuff, that uh, there's not a lot of detail shed upon them. So to, to get a little more in this series, I thought was cool. I, I always liked that. But you're right. Just, didn't really go anywhere. That was a, a few issues that I had overall was that some things were touched upon and then not really utilized like mm-hmm. to the best of its ability to me anyway. So yeah, I, I hear you on that for sure. The huts were part of that. Steve, what did you think about the uh, reveal for Black Chrysan? Uh Love it. 
I thought it was great. I love Wookiees, and we, mm. we all love Chewbacca, and there really wasn't too much more ever that I've seen. I know if you, if you dig really deep and you watch a lot of the other, you know, shorts or cartoons, maybe there's more, but uh, in just, you know, the films in particular, there's not a really a whole lot on that. So if you get an, an, another Wookiee and he's a really badass like that, I love it. He had all the tricks and weapons, kind of like how Boba Fett has and the Mandalorian has. It really mm. dug that, for sure. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. The Black Series uh... figure was terrible. Oh my gosh, it? they butchered the hell out of him. No, I didn't see it. It's what bad. It? Man, I only I only know about this again because of my brother. My brother collects all the Black Series, like the six-inch ones. So uh, that, he sent me a picture of the Black Crescent, and it's terrible. It mm. looks like it's just a badly painted Chewbacca, and it's just And he awful. has this weird, like... Like, armored look chest on his face. for his no like that he's like growling or something yeah. his mouth looks like like charlie brown's mouth or something it's just weird <laughs> it's like and a, he's skinny too yeah he's... it's really it's really oh. bizarre usually the black series are like super high quality and like right beautiful right most of them are really good yeah that sucks. Well, they're, they really they're probably going to do another edition of it in a couple months and fix it or something yeah they'll they have to redeem themselves no. right <laughs> Man, I don't know. Looks horrible. But anyways, I digress. But yeah, he's awesome. For as a character, he's awesome. Yeah, Black Crusade is pretty awesome. Um great, what are some of your overall thoughts on episode two aside from that? I think it's too well, I think by this point I was like, you know what? It's too much flashback. Come on, man. Like <laughs> I get mm-hmm. it. Like you know, he's he's a he's a Tuscan Raider essentially at this point. It's just too much. Like I don't know, I just I kind of wanted it to get on with it. You okay. know what I mean? Like, I sort of get it that, you know, he's got, like, you, like I, I understand what you're saying, like, the, you know, sort of the, the lizard, and that was cool, and, um, but it, it just seemed to be, like, dwelling on these flashbacks and, and, the, and the, the tree and the Tuscans, and I was like, come on, man, when are we going to get to him just, like, Handing people's asses to them, you know that. That's what I'm waiting for. Let's yeah, go. Either maybe they should have bounty like, hunting for Christ's sake, right? Like a little less flashback, or if they thought the flashbacks were that important, then maybe make it a nine series episode because they just rushed. I think a lot of things right toward the end. But I'm getting ahead. But I'm just saying overall flow. It kind of felt like right. It felt like we were going to be hur- stuck in hurry flashback up and, and get over forever. This now. You know, yeah, because we got to end this. <laughs> no, I agree on that though. You're absolutely right with that, Steve. the The pacing's weird in the show. Uh, Aaron's we'll, shaking we'll his head. That. What do you think, Aaron? I, I kind of disagree. I, I, I mean, you're not wrong, but I disagree. I I think that at that point, I was more into the flashbacks than I was into the mm-hmm. um the current time stuff. Um, I didn't really honestly understand so much of what he was getting at with like how he was gonna like tell people what to do in the city and say i'm running things now and it's like well what are you really run? i i felt like i felt like st- staying on tatooine and making this all about him being the head of a crime family or something i felt like that was selling the story a little short but i liked the flashback stuff because i liked showing him kind of getting his mojo back um coming from being, you know, somebody who almost died to um, somebody who was held prisoner. 
and then having to earn the respect of the people who held him prisoner and kind of turn it around and say, listen, you know, I'm worthy of being here. And then they go, all right, you're, you're, you know, you've proven yourself. You saved that kid from that big um, Ray Harryhausen looking um, creature. Or Mortal and, Kombat uh, creature. You know, yeah. And, <laughs> I, I, that was great. And so he, of course, had to earn his keep. And then and he Cracking. was um, he was in there with him. And I thought that was great. I, I was more a little more wondering where they were going with the and and to me like even if it's a flashback or it's current time it's all um it's all telling the story post sarlacc pit so to me it didn't matter whether it was um looking back a few months or looking going with what was going on right then it was all new story to me so i was okay with it okay how are you feeling about the introduction of black chrysanne with you being such a big comic fan well i gotta be honest I, I thought he was cool, but I didn't even know how significant he was because um, as much as I, I mean, and I've loved Star Wars since I was born, but mm. I've always been a movie Star Wars guy. Um, I've read some comic books, but those were from like the, the, the early 90s and um, some books too, but those were also from the early 90s, like in that weird lull between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace when Star Wars really faded away. And then when they started doing comic books and uh, books, I was like, oh, my God, Star Wars is back. So it was a huge deal to me then. And it wasn't overwhelming. It was only a few books. It was only a few comics. Mm-hmm. And I was all in. The Timothy Zahn books, the Heir to the Empire, that stuff. And the um, who wrote the comics? It was Dark Empire. Uh, they're over here somewhere. They're over there uh, out of camera. But um, And that was that. the Dark Empire stuff dealt with the emperor's clones and stuff and, and Luke uh, infiltrating the dark. Anyway, um, that stuff was great, but I didn't really know black Chrysanthemum. Um, yeah, I friend, still don't. What's his yeah, significance besides to, the show? My friend told me like, Oh, he's, a, he's from the, you know, the other stuff, which is good that that stuff is canon now, you know, because mm-hmm. it was a pretty, pretty mean thing to like, just wipe away all those, all those years of canon. And, and I understood why they did it though, because they couldn't be hampered by every single story that any Tom, Dick, and Harry told, you know, in those in those intervening it's years. It's a lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot. And then it's like, you know, they couldn't say, well, we can't, if we if we make these movies, you know, J.J. Abrams, like, if we make these movies, well, we have to have the twins and we have to do this and that. And it's like they have to make their own story. So I understood that. When did Black Chrysanthemum come in? How, how recent was that? Within the last couple of years, because that is okay. Disney Marvel, is Black Chrysanthemum. Okay, so it is, it is canon. Yeah, so he's Before new canon. He, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the cool things about him, which is I don't read a lot of the main series Star Wars stuff, focusing on like the original trilogy gang, like Luke Leia Han. Some of it's cool. I've read most of like the post Empire stuff, but not yeah. that post New Hope stuff. Um, I know at one point Black Chris Sanson fights Obi Wan on Tatooine, even. So there's yeah. a chance we'll see him in the show. Um, he's in the War of the Bounty Hunters series, which, have you read any of that, Aaron? I haven't. I, I need to get on that stuff, because okay. it's a whole world I haven't gotten into yet. War of the Bounty Hunters is this big crossover led by Charles Soule um, as, as the writer, and he's kind of like the Filoni, as far as like the literature side of Star Wars goes. Like He has some great storytelling. Um, War of the Bounty Hunters is all of the Star Wars stuff in this era, so, like, excluding High Republic, crossing over 
issue by issue, month by month. And I think it was for five months, Danilo. I know we had a couple conversations on it. Um, but Black Chris Sanson, or Chris, whatever his name is, he he's throughout this story as well. And this story is um, on the way to Jabba's palace. Han is stolen from Boba. And Boba has to go on a mission to find where Han is before Jabba gets pissed. Jabba does find out and puts a bounty in not only on Han again, but on Boba. So now Boba has to fight to find Han Solo from every bounty hunter in the galaxy who wants him. Right. And that includes Black Crescent going against him at some point. It's a cool series, man. Um, At one point, he, like, paints his armor black and, like, goes by Django because he can't be known as Boba for a minute. Yeah. Um, It's good shit. But he is involved with that story as well. Sweet. That sounds awesome. You got Bosk in there. You got Dengar in there. Oh, everyone's in there. Actually, you see um, Forlom and Zuckus, they die in this series. Okay. Together, wow, yeah. dude. Spoilers. It's like the first issue, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and they were my favorites, man. Yeah, right, right. I know, man. <laughs> you can't just go killing those bounty hunters. It's pretty right. badass, though. Now, I, I, I was hoping that we'd see some of them in the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian, and of course we have not yet. That, that was one thing I was in the back of my head. Maybe those guys will pop up, even if it's just one or two of them. Doesn't I was to be hoping everybody. Bosk would. Yeah, yeah Bosk. Yeah, He's because really his people I... are one of those people, right? They look like... The Trandoshans, right? yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. But not only that, because, yeah, you, you know, no one voiced Bosk in Empire, because it's such a small right. scene, but, like, yeah. in Clone Wars, D. Bradley Baker, who's all the clones, voices Bosk. Mm. And okay. he was working on Mandalorian, so I was really thinking, oh, wow, we're gonna see Boss again, but sadly it didn't happen. Hoping yeah, for Mando Season 3 or Book of Boba Fett Season 2, because Bosk is personally my favorite of all the bounty hunters. Um, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Man, they ca- they came through with the IG unit, though. Oh, yes, they did, man. That's what's really was, got me excited it was, when I first saw it. Was an I, it was an IG-88, but I'll take it, man. He was he was badass. Yeah, that's yeah, what you was. always hope that about. droid would do. That's man. what he did Book it. of Boba Fett should have been. <laughs> Him doing that every episode. <laughs> messing people yeah. up. I remember <laughs> seeing IG-88 way back in the day and looking at him like being like, I know you're like, how's and, like good? And, and one foot thick. And I'm like, how does this droid fight? How does he stabilize himself in a, in a battle situation? And just never quite buying it. And then you finally see him in the Mandalorian, or a, a version of him in the Mandalorian, a, dra- a droid like him, and you see that he can handle it. He's totally cool with with the with that. Awesome. Like, that was yeah. really cool to see. Him. Yeah, it was yeah, almost I mean, unreal. It, it, I think it's some of the comic books where like IG, it's either IG eighty eight or some other IG unit. He's like really nimble. Like he's like flying through the air, like shooting and stuff. Like I mean, it's that's all. You know what you see in the what you see in the original Star Wars. You know he's just standing. There, you know right. because it's 1988 like, and there's only uh, right exactly 1980 and there's only so much they can do and they're like we're just gonna have him stand there. Yeah, just lean him up against that wall yeah. and put something else in front of him so you can't yeah. see that he's leaning up against the wall. We'll be good. <laughs> yeah, just light it right so he doesn't yeah. look. You know, like the the venting stuff that we made him out of. <laughs> exactly Danilo chapter 3 we get the Power Rangers in this um, uh, some guy says he can't get water so the Power Rangers come I'm gonna in need a beer. Um, once again Chewbacca fights Boba Fett and 
Then the Power Rangers help Boba Fett. Then Jabba gives, uh, no, the fake Jabba's give Boba Fett uh, Chewbacca as a gift. You mean a Rancor? No, both. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and both do. And so you're like, what's going on here? And then he give, and then Boba Fett stops him free. But yeah, mm. that was that. That's episode. right. That's right. Because they said, well, y- you can have him too. And he's like, no, you can go free. Because he's he's Mr. Good Guy now, right? Yes. Yes. You know. yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> um, episode three. Gosh, dude. Like you said, Daniel, the Power Rangers were in this one. Uh, Personally, I don't when you mind say them. Power Rangers, you're talking about the mods, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I just wanted to make sure. Gotcha. No, he, no, Danilo was right the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those I, colors, the colors of those bikes don't belong in the Star Wars universe. Can we just agree on that? <laughs> you that, 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 that that's like an off-brand? Like the, that, that oh my God, of colors is like, off-brand for them? A <laughs> little bit, a little yeah, bit. They're like, a bit too shiny rain- for Tatooine. Yeah, Rainbow Skittles. Bikes, you know, like just and they're trying to bring in the millennials, yo. Give them a break. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No offense. I um, yeah, I don't this, mind this them. episode. Hold this on, episode guys. Let's... Really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, wait. It's Danilo's turn, though. Let's let's yeah, go, Danilo. Take... Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's whatever at this point, man. For, at this point in the show, then they killed the Tuscans in this episode, or is that next one? I think I'm not sure. It's this one. I it's this one, so. yes, because episode four, he goes for the yeah. slave one. Okay, so, yeah, dude, at this point, I, I'm done with the show. I thought the Tuscans were the best part. When I see the Power Rangers, I'm like, that's cool. You know, I don't think they belong in Star Wars. Like you said, they're, they're, they're bright. their bikes are too bright. I don't understand why they had to be that bright. But you go, look, what was George Lucas's like, second film, American Graffiti? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, great, great homage to that, but I don't know why it's continued out through the entire series. You know, I think one episode would have been just fine, and George Lucas could have got his paycheck and felt like he was a proud grandpa. But <laughs> I guess not. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, it's it's whatever, man. It, I I just don't care for the show at this point anymore. You know, once we see those Tuscans, I, I was kind of upset. I was like, wow, there goes my flashbacks. There goes the part, the good part of the writing that this show had going for it. And now we're just gonna be fan service because we get a rancor, we get uh, Black Chrysanthemum or whatever come and do his own thing and now he's free and i'm like here we go just here we go you know just get ready for a bucket load of fan service starting in the next episode and continue on oh but we get the and, and he oh he tries to go after the mayor and the mayor leaves on right. this episode too and i still don't understand what the point of having the mayor in the show was but. yeah the, i'm not a fan of the mayor that that subplot, I'm not, I'm not too big on. Yeah, it didn't really have a focus or really that much of a need. You could have had everything happen that happened without him, honestly. But then you wouldn't have his funny secretary, though, I guess. So that there's yeah, that. fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's a little weasel. <laughs> uh, yeah, Power Rangers in this episode, they're okay, I guess. They don't bug me too much. Um... Tuscans do unfortunately die. That was a big bummer. Um, early on, I think it's like at the 10, 15 minute mark, if not mistaken, Boba's pulled out of the back to tank, and there's a nice fight between him and Black Crescent, which is pretty awesome. Um, or was that episode yeah. four? No, that, that was that's a nice episode. touch. It was three. That is one? It was three. Okay. Yeah, that's this one. Yeah, cool fight scene. Really enjoyed that. Um, as far as the Rancor stuff goes, of course, I think it's neat seeing Boba Fett have a Rancor. It's something I think we've all imagined. 
I mean, that's it. Danielle, you said it best, I think, a couple weeks ago on the main show. The whole Mandalorian era of Star Wars. Mando, Book of Boba, Ahsoka, I'm assuming, Ranger New Republic. Yeah, yeah. This feels like fans playing with action figures. And at times, it's really cool. It works. And yeah. with the Rancor thing, immediately, it's like, that's what I wanted to see as a kid. Yeah, and, and that's what they described the Mandalorian as. When, remember at Celebration, they were mm-hmm. like, we're just, we're just our 12-year-olds playing action figures. And, and you can tell. You can tell. The writing's absolute shit. <laughs> in in these shows, man. I'm sorry, but they are. Like that's that's what it is. Mandalorian mm. season one was cool, and I have my opinions on Mando season one being the best thing that they've done. But this dude, this was just straight action figures. They just got a they just collected a check basically at the end at the end of today. A little bit. Um Ring Core stuff was cool. Love seeing Danny Trio in this. I thought that was the absolute coolest thing. Yeah, um, I've always liked that guy. Especially his dialogue. Because if you know anything about, you know, Danny Trio, he's a big like pitbull advocate on social media and whatnot and so i really thought his line um about rancors like being misunderstood creatures or something like that was really a nice homage to his love for pitbulls outside in the real world but decent episode uh danny trio definitely being the highlight of it what are some of your thoughts greg i'm i'm kind of with danilo at this point as soon as I saw those shiny bikes, man, I'm kind of like, what am I looking at, man? I don't understand what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I did like uh, how... Um, this is where the show started to lose me. Okay. A little bit. That's fair. What about you, Steve? I, I did like how they gave them sort of like a purpose in the story, and they're like the people who can fix you and mods you literally so you know uh, hence their name i like that aspect because that was kind of something that you didn't really think about in star wars you just saw people like in the cantina scene or various other places that like had cybernetic stuff or just had a you know weird makeup on but in the star wars universe it was something Mm -hmm. um so those are the guys that do some of that and that's kind of cool little level of detail that you might not ever thought about but they gave it to you you know, in, in this, so I didn't mind that. But, you know, the color choice of the bikes, it, it didn't derail me. Um, you know, it, it, that's not a deal breaker. And, and I can give you guys a, toward the end of this, I'll give you a rundown of my overall umbrella of Star Wars in general, which will help better explain what I'm saying right now, but I don't want to go into that at this moment. But I'll get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aaron, what are some of your thoughts on this episode? Um, this was my least favorite episode of the show. Um, okay. Right when I right when it started, when they killed the sand people, like you said, Danilo, like that was for me. That was a huge part of it, and I didn't think they needed to usher them off the screen so fast. Uh, I knew well. I didn't know it was going to end in tragedy, but even if it was, that's that's a cool thing. But I thought it could have it could have stretched out a little longer, um, just to make it even a little richer, a little deeper. It kind of felt like he was with them for like. 12 days at least that's like the the gist you get like it he could have been with them longer but um i didn't really like those kids either it wasn't even so much the 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 color of their speeders that that got me it was just they just felt like kind of a bunch of goofballs and like kind of not necessarily integral to the story although i mean they did help him out they did come through when he needed them when in that fight in java's palace um, 
and he saved Fennec Sand's life. You know, with their technology, they were able to save her. That's so that, true. There's mm. that. I did like uh, having Thundercat in there. That dude's a bass genius uh, in in real life. He's an amazing musician, and I didn't even recognize him when I saw him in the show. He's the dude, like the sort of surgeon, who uh, who actually mods them. He's the uh. guy with dreads with the blonde dreads. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing musician. Um, but the thing that killed me about that episode, uh, I thought that chase at the end was garbage. I thought it was shit. Like that guy, that, that major domo or whatever of the mayor, the dude with the Twi'lek. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like his character. I don't really feel like he belongs in a story where he's just, Oh, sniveling and all this fucking, you know, Oh, maybe you could come back at another. I, he, I, I felt, I felt like he was unnecessary. Like you said, the mayor, the whole subplot of the mayor was unnecessary. And then when when he runs out and it turns into like a, a Charlie Chaplin chase or something, and he's he gets into his car and they have a chase down an alley where no one turns right or left, and, and they just go. And it's like a straight fucking chase, and, and he's knocking over laundry and stuff, and 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 you know like just trying to get away when you know he's not going to, and then they get him, and then. Boba Fett remembers he has a rocket pack that he didn't use in episode one or two when those dudes were surrounding him with those shields and he didn't just fly over them and kick their fucking asses. Now he remembers he has a rocket pack and he ends the chase <laughs> by by vaulting over everybody and saying, hey, where's the mayor? Like, dude, that episode was weak. Weak. I can agree on that. And I, I like the show overall. I mean, I'm not even here to rag on the show. That episode, though, really took me out of it. That's, that's fair criticism, in my opinion. Especially with the jetpack thing, because that, that did bug me. <laughs> and I tried to ignore that for di- for weeks, you know, when mm-hmm. when I because I didn't even notice it when I was watching the show. I'll be honest. I didn't notice, oh, why doesn't he use his jetpack in that fight? But then when I saw somebody else mention it the next day, I'm like, oh, my God. How did I miss that? Why didn't he use his jetpack? And no there's clue. no explanation. They could have just had him without it, you know, for that for that moment. Or they could have had those dudes with those shields. They could have had some kind of energy umbrella over the scene and he couldn't mm. fly out of it. They could have fixed that with a stroke of the pen and written that into the script, but they didn't. They just made him not use it. And I don't dig it. I don't understand. Yeah, that's kind of weak, eh? Yeah. I agree on that. Completely agree. Um, Danilo, episode four. Gathering of the Storm. He goes to try and get Slave One. We see him with Fennec. We see the flashback from the Mandalorian. Uh, season what? one, right. Yeah, season mm-hmm. one as well. And they get the Slave One, and he just goes blasting away any enemy in sight. So, yeah, that was that one. Once again, you gotta ask. I don't know if uh, Favreau just, you know, took a thing of Molly and decided to write this thing or something. But the way Boba Fett is just going from a badass to just someone who's soft to then a badass again to just someone who's soft, you got to ask yourself, what what the hell's happening here? Mm. You know, he just saves some random person in the desert just because he wants to. Maybe he was just feeling bad because, you know, uh, his whole you know family died. OK, I get that. Then you tell me you just go take your uh, thing and kill the thing that, like, killed you. Yeah, he was looking for his armor. Don't you remember when the... Um, Jawas took it like I, I don't get it and if the armor was still in there wouldn't it be disintegrated by then 
I, you, I don't know. You would man. think so. Yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. Like, I don't understand what arc essentially this character is going through in this story, mm-hmm. except for just selling me Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. Um, last well, back when we talked about Mandalorian stuff, my favorite episode of Mandalorian is that season two premiere with a crate dragon. Because that's yeah, something yeah. we see in Knights of the Old Republic. It's a straight mission from that game. Um, and of course, you know, brought in the canon again. It's done way more over the top than it was in the game. Um, this episode is much like a part of the Bounty Hunter game I previously mentioned. Where Jango has to go get the Slave 1 out of this prison that he's busting Zam out of. So I really like that we get to see this uh, reunion with uh, Boba and the Slave One mixed with his newly found friendship, companionship, whatever you want to call it at this point, with Fennec. I thought it was almost a perfect mirror of the Bounty Hunter game. A good homage to bring in that into a headcanon for anybody. Um, but the Sarlacc thing is weird. I will admit. It, it feels out of place. And earlier, I think, Aaron, you mentioned it. Everything feels like it's a couple weeks for this, for the flashback segments. And it's really odd to me that this is the episode that addresses the time. Because one of my main concerns with this is that the Book of Boba Fett was going to make this five-year period between Return of the Jedi and The Mandalorian feel like nothing. And it really did up until this. And he just kind of mentions it's been in here, his armor has been missing for years at this point. Um, Glad the time was mentioned. That was one of my biggest issues of, like, Last Jedi was time not being mentioned whatsoever. So I'm glad it was acknowledged, but it's still corny as hell. Um, wish they put more thought into that. The seismic charge into the Sarlacc was cool. But, I mean, all seismic charges in Star Wars are cool. We've only got three so far. Um, Everybody likes the way a blaster beam sounds. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> so I'm really torn on this. I like the Slave 1 stuff, but as far as seeing the Sarlacc again... I could have gone without, just because it does seem a bit repetitive. And like you said, Danilo, um, it's, he was, Boba's conscious getting the armor off, isn't he? In that first, like I think he struggles at first. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where that disconnect is. Maybe but. it was a way for Boba Fett to like get his revenge on that thing, you know, like, you know, st- stick the knife in. I don't know. That's the only thing that comes to mind. Like it was a closure to that. I didn't even he think he to... thought he was the Sarlacc was alive when he kept, first no, me kept too. diving I, close. I thought there. it was dead too, so that was like a shocker, like a, like a little jump scare mm. almost when they, when the, that beat came up and or whatever that tentacle came up. Yeah, but that's the only thing that I can think of is like Boba Fett wanted to visit it one more time and and uh, pay you know pay, pay his respects with a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, how were you overall feeling about the return of the Slave One for this episode? Everybody loves that. I love that ship. That was one ship I wanted when I was a kid, and, and, and I never got that one. But I love to see that. So cool. Cool with me. And and, and because he had it in um, The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. so you know he got it. So now we get to see how he got it. So I thought that was cool. And I also liked Fennec's like, little drone, little spy device that kind of mapped out the whole entire thing. That's kind of like appealing to the Dungeons & Dragons fan in me. So you, you, you got your map now so you can go in there and, and wreak <laughs> havoc i thought that was fun okay it's kind of using technology that star wars you know you know they have it and so mm. sometimes you gotta lean on it or show it or showcase it so that was cool to me 
Any any gripes of this episode at all? Mm, no. No, to me, those first four are like their own thing to me. Okay. Uh, it's the next episode where it changes gears and kind of starts going in a different direction, which is not bad. It's just like, that's to me, though, that those first four were like their own thing. I agree. happened to be diced up into four. That's what I was saying earlier about the pacings off of this, because yeah. it feels like a different show from this point forward, once we get to episode five. But completely agree with that. Um, Aaron, what are some of your thoughts on episode four? I, I loved seeing Slave 1 again. I liked that he wasted no time going and <laughs> wiping those uh, that biker gang off the desert map, you know. just He's like, I have something to do first. And he just, <laughs> bum, 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 gone, gone. No talking, no, like, you did me wrong or you killed the wrong people. No, just anonymously kills them and they don't even know what happened. They're just riding along and then they're just gone. Um, that was so the, cool. That's I, some of that badass Boba Fett that we want, right? right? Yeah, with a little little taste of him here and there, you know. And then whenever that happens, we get excited. Um, and going in to get the ship, that was a cool badass moment too. Uh, reclaiming the ship. Um, the um, what was the other thing? Uh, I lost it. The oh yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why he went to the Sarlacc pit either. It didn't make a lot of sense. Didn't make a lot of sense that he would get so close to that thing, knowing that it could, uh, you know, snap at him any time. But of course, the the, the uh, sonic charge was was great, and um, yeah, that was about it yeah, for that episode. I, I thought I, overall it was such a strong comeback after episode three mm. that I was happy with it because episode three uh, let me down. That's kind of how I was as well. A bit of a, a bit of a pick me up episode for sure. Oh, one more thing I have to say, and mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, Danilo, about the fan service. For me, like fan service is fine. I'm good with it. Like, give me fan service all day. Like, for I, I feel like that's something that George Lucas lost sight of in the prequels. Is uh, the fans need to be fucking satisfied? In my opinion, we need. You know, we've been we've been sticking with these stories for decades for our whole lives um and he when he said in an interview back in uh back around episode two he's like well the fans want uh the clone wars uh they just want a big bunch of movies about the clone wars and that's not the story i want to tell i don't want to give them that that's what we wanted (laughs) and that's what he should have given us but instead he gave us episode two which was a big piece of shit and um and then he realized a few years later that the Clone Wars were important, so he made how many seasons of Clone Wars? Somebody tell me, like twelve seasons or something. There's six, Quite a bit. but he only worked on three. Well, there's six but before Disney. Overall, the seventh is overall, Disney. Overall, though, you know, he mm. he gave in or whatever. He realized that the Clone Wars were a story to tell. It was the mm. story that people really needed, and so then from then on, I I'm I'm of the opinion that fan service is good. Give me give me that shit. See, I'll add one little anecdote to that is I think there's a balance. I think uh, um, a certain amount of fan service is wonderful, necessary, and great, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, But a balance, and then also the opposite, which I'll get to when I give you my uh, kind of umbrella Star Wars view, uh, the opposite of that is uh, devastating. Okay, that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) 
Greg, how are you feeling about this episode? The return of the slave one, the death of the Sarlacc finally. Um, Boba's also, if I'm not mistaken, Boba's fully healed in this episode from the back to tank. So how are you feeling about this, Greg? I, I kind of agree with you guys. I, I, after after the last one, I felt like anything was a step up. I like seeing him be a badass, but I agree with Danilo. I mean, it's kind of all over the place, right? Like, I can't tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy, you know? Like, he, he assassinated those guys with no, no, no problem. Mm. But he's going to rule with fairness, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense that he would be that ruthless. Like... I understand he wants revenge on them and all that, but like, I mean, that doesn't sort of gel with where they're going with him as a person. Like, you know, like, you know, old school Boba Fett. Yeah, that makes total sense. But like, I thought this was some new version of Boba Fett, you know, and I don't know, like it couldn't have gone, it couldn't have gone down any further for me. So this was a step up. I agree with you guys. I mean, at this point, I'm not, I'm not totally invested in the in the show anymore. So I'm kind of like, it is what it is. I'll take it because it's eye candy. There's certain things that are cool, like you mentioned, Slave One. You know that when I grew up, that was Boba Fett's ship, so I like seeing it. Mm. You know, and and it is fan service, maybe a little bit, but uh, I like seeing it. That's the ship I associate him with. So I don't know. It was better than the last one. <laughs> You know, but I'm I'm sort of checking out, unfortunately, you know. Like, I don't feel as invested as I did in The Mandalorian. That's also fair. I could see that as well. Um, Danilo, this... This next episode. After but. after after Favreau decided to pop a few things on Molly, he decided to do five lines of blow and just take his writing to another <laughs> level. Never show us the main character of his own show that he created. We just get a good 45 minutes of The Mandalorian... Swinging the dark saber, which is cool. Writing calls for him to have the dark saber in his last project that he worked on. Writing doesn't call for that to just randomly pop in to the show. <laughs> but I need to see that. I could just see Mando coming in with his whatever ship he has, you know, because he's obviously tra- traveling to this planet, this igloo planet or whatever, with the fucking uh, ice people or whatever. He ain't taking a jetpack there, so obviously he's traveling. You know, he, all he all he had to do, Farrah, was just say, "Mando walks through Jabba's palace with dark saber at the side." That wasn't good enough for him. He wanted he wanted to sell action figures. He he, I don't know what was happening. But then we just saw forty five minutes of the Mandalorian, <laughs> and then we saw him fight with the dark saber, which was cool. I'm not gonna lie, it was cool, man. Mm-hmm. And then he cut himself, which is then good writing because you realize <laughs> he he's not trained in swinging a dark saber. You know. Oops. And then he gets uh, exiled from his own little family, his last two people who he could call family. Mm. And he builds his N1 Starfighter, which was cool. You know, it calls for him to have a new ship. It does. You know, so that that makes sense in writing. Just not for this show. I, I don't know what this was, really. I'm just randomly throwing this in here. <laughs> this episode is one of the most conflicting things for me in Star Wars. Because I think episodes 5 and 6 of The Book of Boba Fett are some of the best Star Wars content we've gotten, at least since Disney's bought it. Like, in the last time, this is some grade A shit. Um, have you guys watched all... Has anyone watched all of Clone Wars except for me and Danilo or Rebel? Any of the other animated stuff? I have not. No. Nope. Okay. Um, 
so the dark saber stuff is very rewarding for me and Daniela just because you know we've we watched all Clone Wars and seeing it. That's something I grew up with. Like I think I was ten when the dark saber was revealed. So like seeing that at such a young age is oh, it's cool. It's a black lightsaber. It looks awesome. It's flat on top of that too. A Mandalorian has it. It's fucking badass. Yeah. Um, seeing that transition into Rebels and then that reveal at the end of season one of Mandalorian. We see was gas, dude. I was fucking lit. Exactly. I was equipment at my TV, bro. That was the coolest thing I saw. <laughs> like the dark saber is one of the few things like that my generation of Star Wars got to see in chronological order. Like as far as when it randomly pops up in Star Wars history, we're seeing it in order at least, and that's pretty fucking cool in my opinion. Um, I really, really like seeing Din struggle with it. That yeah. is an arc, or at least an episode, that we get to see brought from Star Wars Rebels, where Sabine is wielding and she's struggling for an entire episode to wield this thing, and Kanan has to train her. Love seeing that's still a thing. It's acknowledged. Um, I thought the armorer, you know, exiling Den was pretty interesting. That fight was great. That planet, that space station, whatever the hell that is, is yeah. cool looking. That big donut. That's yeah, awesome. that big donut. That thing is fucking awesome, dude. It looks like the ring planet from Halo, from the first Halo game. Um, yeah. Awesome. Love seeing uh, Amy Sirtis, Sirtis, Sirticus, whatever her She's awesome. Is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool seeing yeah. her character again. I was always a big fan of Strangers with Candy, so I've loved okay. her for a long time. So to see her get a Star Wars gig, I was loving that, for sure. <laughs> um. I always welcome her seeing her in, in the Star Wars stuff. I thought her little cameo earlier this season was a nice tease for this a little appearance. Um, her helping Din make a new ship or construct a ship was pretty awesome as well. With it being an N1 Starfighter, that's my favorite ship in Star Wars. And I, I, fucking awesome. It looks badass. Same looks here, sleek. dude. Oh, yeah. sweet, dude. It's hard to see it, but it's the Naboo script. Sure could, Steve. Sorry. Nice, man. <laughs> Turn your whole arm around so you can. Yeah, Steve. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the writing. Better. It's the writing that's on the. the yeah, on the right, top ring. Right under the cop. See, I fucking love Star Wars, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify something. The yep. writing on this episode's good for a Mandalorian season three. I agree it's with that. It's not 100%. good for the Book of Boba Fett. It, do it doesn't make sense. I agree. That's what I'm saying. The it's yeah, yeah. weird. I'm torn. Like, this got me hyped. You know how much I hated Mando Season 2 at the end. Mm -hmm. This got me hyped for Mando Season 3. Like, I'm, I'm ready right. to see that. I, I don't need to see Boa Fett anymore. Show me Mando 3, you know, but... And, you know, towards the end of this episode, it's revealed, okay, obviously, Din is going to help Boba with his mission, his war, whatever. I'll have to go visit a friend. I was really not going to lie. I, I didn't expect to see what we see the next episode. Just... Just wait, man. Well, I don't, hold on one second, one second. <laughs> I was expecting a time jump within this episode. I'm not going to lie. Because I was like, okay, we're in the territory. We see it a little bit in Last Jedi, a little bit in Rise of Skywalker. We're in the territory where Star Wars is comfortable with flashback scenes. We'll wait. We're going to wait to see Grogu in that development, or whatever that situation may be, in a flashback scene. Let's try to continue transitioning that with these future projects within Star Wars course we didn't get that sadly um but this is a damn good episode it really is and i'm torn because this should not 
beat in the book of Boba Fett, in my opinion. Um, Aaron, since you're familiar with Arrow, thank God. This episode, I think, would have been perfect if we had a show with this Mando, the Mandoverse, if you will. If we had a show that was like DC Legends of Tomorrow. If we had like a group show, I think this would have been perfect to tell that overall narrative that hovers over Mando, Book of Boba, Soka, Rangers New Republic. Um, yeah, that, that's where I stand with this. Greg, how are you feeling of Episode 5, Return of the Mandalorian? This episode sort of pointed out, to me at least, that Din Djarin is just a stronger character than mm. Boba Fett, which is disappointing because, you know, all of us, you know, you guys are definitely younger than us. I can tell by the things that you talk about. <laughs> like, you're just, it's a generational thing, I feel mm. like. And I don't mean to keep pointing it out, but, like, for us, it was all Boba Fett. Like, when I was a kid, like, Boba Fett was, like, the coolest guy. And I feel like as soon as Din Djarin came in, you realized how much stronger of a character Din Djarin is than Boba Fett. And it's disappointing. And and I liked it for all the same reasons that, that Danilo mentioned. You know, the, the Darksaber's cool, that planet's cool, like... It just got better because it's about the Mandalorian, and I, I hate to admit it, you know, and my wife was happy, you know, because <laughs> here's the Mandalorian, and she might get to see Grogu, you know, like, <laughs> now all of a sudden, like, I, 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 it just was better overall, and it's disappointing because I love Boba Fett so much, and I know it's kind of lost on, uh, at this point, I feel like like Danilo said, this is just this is just prepping you for the next Mandalorian. Mm. They're using they're they're sort of using the Book of Boba Fett to as a a long trailer for the next season of Mandalorian. That's a my bit. a little bit. I agree with you, man. I agree with you, Steve. How are you feeling about this? Uh, loved everything about it, but exactly what we, what we've been saying is that it didn't belong. In the book of Boba Fett, um, but, you know, I, as just a quick thought, I mean, I'm not even a professional writer or anything like that. But a quick thought is, how about you? How about he finds a couple of those bounty hunters and he brings that in for the muscle? Because that's all really that story is for for the book of Boba Fett's sake. Is that some more muscle that he needs to defeat the uh, the spice traders? Right? You know what I'm saying? So. Um, Awesome. Why not? Wh- why not bring in a couple bounty hunters? You don't have to. Then you don't have to even like get messy with the book of, with uh, the Mandalorian, which is its own thing, and let that happen. Um, I just it, it wasn't necessary to be in this story. Just as you guys said, I totally agree. Although it was awesome, it just should have been an episode in the Mandalorian season three, basically. You know, mm. there, there could be so many other things that he could have, that Boba Fett could have tapped or utilized to help him out. Just not the Mandalorian. I suppose in this in this one, you know, I don't know. That's just my thought. And like you said, man, like why couldn't you have seen some of the other bounty hunters we see in Empire? Why not? I would have loved oh. to have seen like Din interact with Dengar, Boss. Like have a combination of the two. Throw in some older Clone Wars uh, uh, bounty hunters like Embo. Why not? Um, oh. Would have loved to see something like that. Maybe season two. Aaron, yeah. how are you feeling about the <laughs> Return of the Mandalorian? Well. For me, it was um, the best episode of the show. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. well, that one and the one after it, um, because it was about the Mandalorian. And for me, I didn't take it as a negative that that it shifted so so suddenly to the Mandalorian story. I was grateful for it. I was like, cool. This character is tried and true. He's gold. He's solid gold. Every time you show him, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm watching. I'm ready to go. He's stealing the show from the Mandalorian. If the, I mean from Boba Fett. If Boba Fett at this point is not a strong enough character to um, to hold his own against the Mandalorian, that's his problem. Din Djarin <laughs> is the man. This is his universe. Everybody else is playing in it right now. And, he, and this is, I think, a good time. I have a theory, too. Uh, so this is, I think, the perfect time for my theory. And I'll try to make it fast. My theory, and I don't know, maybe they've even said it in, in interviews, but my theory is that uh, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, wanted to uh, you know, go back a couple years, right? I think their original idea was probably to make a show about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And Disney said, yeah, you can't do that. Boba Fett's dead. He fell in the Sarlacc. And they're like, yeah, but we could bring him back. It's no problem. They're like, no, really, I don't, I don't think we should do that. Um, you, you know, what else do you got? And they go, well, okay, we'll make a new Mandalorian uh, that will be our pseudo Boba Fett and do every fucking thing that Boba Fett would have done if he had come out of that Sarlacc pit. Be a badass. Um, have a, a character arc of, of, you know, going from being totally ruthless and always get your man bring you in uh warm or cold and then now he has to care about uh, another human another not human another life form and can he balance being a badass with actually being a nurturer too right so they come up with the mandalorian they knock it out of the park they they fucking put everybody's jaw on the floor they create this amazing character who looks essentially like boba fett because he's another mandalorian then they go back to Disney and they go, oh, look at the hit we just gave you. We just <laughs> like we just. And we just like gave you back your 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 dinner and, and repeat that last part one more time because your audio dropped. Oh, they go back to Disney. They have another meeting. They say, what do you think now? We just you know, we just rewrote Star Wars. We just made you a huge hit. We just gave you a bunch of food to eat. Um, we're the man. Us, those two are the men. Um, what do you think about us bringing back Boba Fett now? And they go, anything you want. You want to bring Boba Fett back? You can do it. You've proven yourself. You, you guys know what you're doing. And like you've said, Greg, you think they should give them the, the keys to the kingdom. They basically did. I mean, all these things, Ahsoka Tano, all these new things are like kind of sprouting out of this Mandalorian universe. So then they bring Boba Fett back. And now they don't know what to do with him. Because everything they would have done with Boba Fett, they've given to Din Djarin. Like, all the bounty hunter stuff, all this story arc would have been Boba Fett's story arc, I think, if they had done that with him a few years ago. Now they don't, they can't give, they can't have two guys walking around just being cool bounty hunters. Uh, so they're like, well, what, could, what else could we do with Boba Fett? Let's have him take over Jabba's, you know, family and just be a fucking, uh, you know, gangster on Tatooine. And it's like, oh yeah, that's that's great. Sounds great. Well, it's not as good as the Mandalorian. It's not, um, you know, he can't just go anywhere he wants to go and get bounties and beat ass all over the galaxy. Now he has to be this sort of saddled, um, stuck down, staying on Tatooine. How often does Star Wars stay on one planet? 
for any amount of time. They're always planet hopping everywhere mm. you want to go. Like James Bond going from, you know, Berlin to fucking Iraq to wherever. Well, Boba Fett's stuck on Tatooine for the entire show. And that's kind of weird to me. But I just think that they just gave Din Djarin everything they would have done with Boba Fett. And then they kind of got stuck with what do we do with Boba Fett now? And I think that's why these Mandalorian episodes during this season were to me like the best thing. I didn't even care where Boba Fett was. I didn't care what he was doing. I was all about the Mandalorian. That Naboo Starfighter was beautiful. Bringing Amy Sedaris back into it was awesome. You know, all that stuff was great. Showing him take off all his weapons to get on that, you know, public uh, transport. That was pretty just cool. Throwing all, that stuff, all that, like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, just that's always a fun little trick. Weapon after another. I thought it was all great. <laughs> and um, I love when she said, hey, you know, Boba Fett needs uh, some help. We, we have this mission for you. We'll pay well. And he goes, you know what? For you guys, I'll do it for free. All that shit was great. It was a beautiful episode because Din Djarin was in it. Completely agree, man. I, You said it best. <laughs> <laughs> Danila, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to hear your thoughts Aaron, for weeks yeah. on this Aaron, one. But Aaron, that's exactly what they did with Boba Fett. I, I mean, with Mandalorian. That's exactly what they did. You know, yeah. like clearly an IG, an IG, IG 11's IG 88, the Mandalorian is supposed to be Boba Fett. But yeah, that, that's exactly what they did. I have 100% agreement with that. Yeah. From the Desert Comes a Stranger is the next episode. Once again, I, I don't, I, I, I have lost all faith after, after this episode that I saw. We see Luke Skywalker just fully rendered, completely CGI. Um, we see Grogu, we see Ahsoka. I don't even know what the fuck I'm watching anymore at this point. Um, you know, I don't, I have no idea. Is this the multiverse? Who knows? Keep going on. And, uh, so, uh, Din wants to see Grogu and Luke's like, no, Ahsoka's like, no, Luke gives Grogu a chance of like, Hey, you can either go with the Mando or you can stay with me. What do you want? And we see some cool flashbacks from order 66 prequel stuff. It's always cool. If you grew up from the time of 2000 and beyond. And then obviously <laughs> Din goes back to, um, Boba Fett and he works for them. And Boba Fett needs some more muscle, so I guess Din wasn't enough. Wow, what a shock. One person's not enough to take on a whole army. Who else can you call? Bounty Hunters? No. Let's just keep throwing some Mando figures in there. So now we get Cobb Vanth, and then all of a sudden, uh, our, my boy in blue walks, I don't know, maybe 1,000 miles halfway across the planet to Mos Espa. <laughs> right. just, and I then bet shoots, you he was thirsty. Yeah, and just shoots the sheriff, and <laughs> that's how it ends. Whew. I know you hate this episode, I dude. I, I do. I, 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 I cannot wrap my head on what we are doing as a writer. How do we make Iron Man? We make Mando season one, and then we get this, dude. What? I never want to see him touch another Star Wars project. We haven't even. You haven't even heard my thoughts on the last episode, man. But this is just atrocious. <laughs> I, he doesn't need to write anything else, dude. Just stick with what you had in Mando season one. Whatever you tapped in, whatever drugs you were doing, whoever you were banging, whatever, man, get that back and let's get to season three. Not, no more of this. Why am I seeing Luke Skywalker still in Star Wars? That character has now died. It's over. I, I'm sorry, Favreau. He's gone. Welcome in a new generation. Welcome in new characters. No? Okay? Filoni, you got a hard on for Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. I grew up with her. I get it. I, I, what was what was her purpose in this show? To tell him, hey, Din, gotta shoo-shoo. That, that was it? Okay. Rosario ain't turning that down. That's a paycheck right there. 
CGI Luke, man, I, I can't wait till I see Chewbacca, Han, uh, Leia, and Luke all teamed up in, in uh, I don't know, Rangers of the New Republic. Maybe, maybe that'll be their press promo, where it's like, we're, we're, the, we're the Skywalker family, man. Sick, dude. You know what? Sick, Star Wars. If that's the direction you're taking it, that, that's great, man. You know, I, I don't know what to say, dude. And then Grogu gets a choice at the end. And oh, by the way, so whatever happened in Mando 2 at the end just negates everything. If you were just a casual Mando watcher like my parents and don't want to watch the book of Boba Fett, you're going to be quite presently shocked when Mando season 3 comes around and you just see Grogu and Din kicking ass. I, I don't know where this writing came from for these two episodes, or the last one, but we haven't even gotten to that yet. It, it, it's just a mess at this point. It is a complete and hot mess. <laughs> Again, I hate to... I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it because I have someone on this episode, finally, who's watched the show. Mando... It, it, it's Mandoverse, dude. Because they're treating this the way they do the Arrow stuff. Because how all the CWDC shows work... You gotta watch them in order. Because they do this Book of Boba Fett thing. Like, I, the main thing that turned me off is when you had to watch Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. All to understand the coherent story. It, it non-stop. But that's how they're treating this this era of Star Wars, uh, Danilo. They're doing the same thing. I, I get that, but you need to say that from the beginning. And they I did. Agree. They said it. They said it to everyone who's in the Star Wars zeitgeist, like my my parents who don't give a shit about Star Wars, except for when they saw little baby Yoda all of a sudden. They're they're big Star Wars fans all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> shocker! What a surprise! You know, like you, you can't like those people don't know. I have absolute rockets at college who watch this show. Mm. They, they're not watching the Book of Boba Fett, man. They're just watching for Grogu, and they probably gave up after Mando 2, because they're like, well, what's the point of me watching anymore? Well, honey, now you gotta watch the Book of Boba Fett. Go buy your action figure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm just saying, way. though. I, I do think it's, uh... It's not but at least... market it as that. Don't market it as the Book of Boba Fett. I don't know what the hell they would market it as, though. I don't either. It's a weird thing, man. I think they're doing a better job with that plane with New Republic... Which we talked yeah. about very early on yeah. the show too, back when that, the details weren't. That was the first book release, is when we covered yeah. that. Um, Tales of Tales of Tatooine is what they should call that. There, I just made a great title. <laughs> Tales you, of Tatooine. You go ahead and sell that, bud. Uh, but yeah, we see Cobb Vanth. Cool to see him again. Uh, it was leaked out, tease, rumored, speculated, whatever that we're going to see him as one of the main characters in Rangers in the Republic. We'll get to that again. I, you know, after the Gina Carano situation and after what seamlessly is all but confirmed that Rangers and Republic is canceled, I was kind of like, okay, I'm cool seeing Cobb Vanth again in this show. Makes sense. I was like, all right, we had someone who's going to be a lead in a different show. Use him as a side character. Why not? Had no problem with him. Um, loved seeing. The whole, I, what planet is this? Is it ever called Daniel? I know it's not Octu, obviously. No, it's in one of the dictionaries I own. Okay. But it was it's really cool yeah. seeing these droids build some of the first temples that Luke works on. Really interesting stuff. Um, Love seeing R2, of course. He looked great. Ahsoka is, is odd. Because as much as I love Ahsoka in Star Wars, as much as I've grown up with her... 
Um, I'll even defend her look in the Mandalorian. Her, the the Leku is weird. The tentacles are weird. The 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 differences with all the shows. I still think she looks good in live action. But Daniil, you're exactly right. What purpose does she serve in this? Like you 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 and I can go back and forth and debate Mando season two all day. As far as Book of Boba Fett, I could not tell you a single reason why Ahsoka's in this. It leaves a thousand more questions and answers, in my opinion. And um, I feel like that's pretty bad, considering we grew up with Ahsoka. Like, that was our, quote-unquote, Luke Skywalker there. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a hot take, but th- it's essentially what it is. You know, we she grew up at the same time we did. She was eight or nine when she's first introduced, when the movie came out. That's all the 2000s kids were. You know, mm-hmm. and she finished her journey at 18, 19, and we're 20. You know, so. yeah, dude, you're. We grew up alongside her. We're seeing yeah. her through all these ages too. Yeah, Whether and we can't care less. Twenty. I'm twenty two. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm twenty two. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Steve. That's the Don't tell them how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're prequel kids, but you know. Yeah, man, you guys know a lot. I understand why you got Danilo on here. I can see the yin and the yang between the two of you. <laughs> oh, someone commented about that recently. <laughs> I changed yeah. reviews. They actually, said this, they said the same thing. This is talking about our banter. The the uh... yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't. I couldn't fucking tell you why Ahsoka's in this show. And Danilo, we discussed this during our Mandalorian episode. And I'll go ahead, and this might be a hot take. I've for so long have wanted the ever since we saw Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Ever since we saw the ending of it especially. Yeah. I wanted Ahsoka to meet Luke. Like this sh- this should have been the moment. Yes. I think yes. the moment of Ahsoka Tano meeting Luke Skywalker could Say have it. been bigger than the ending wow. of Rise of Skywalker. Like, oh yeah, that one hundred percent could have, yeah. Could have been a massive yeah. moment, especially for our age group that we grew up with this character. Right? Yeah. seeing the two of them on screen together was weird. Not because it was bad, but it's like, wow, this is my first time seeing Ahsoka interact with Luke. She's referencing Anakin. I don't feel anything. Yeah. And that's... I can't put a finger on other than... They just it's, wanted to shoehorn an appearance because yeah, a production on Ahsoka writing. comes it's soon. It's not good writing. You get there through writing and through showing how they mm-hmm. naturally meet. This wasn't natural. You just shoehorned her in. Yeah. And I'm yeah. almost guaranteeing. They have to do some the, of that. Say again? They have to do some of that. You know, they got to pay some bills and stuff like that. You know, but I hear you. <laughs> Yes. yes <laughs> I'm almost guaranteeing in the Ahsoka show we'll see that first interaction of her and Luke, much like how now we're seeing the Book of Boba Fett, the first interaction of Boba and Fennec. Um, I look forward to seeing that interaction. I'm hoping it's better than this. And again, this wasn't bad in my opinion. It was just weird. That's something I've imagined for well over years. ten years. These two characters yeah. meeting, and it's very nonchalant first minute you want to see them like in a wonderful cool fight scene or something like that is that what your kind of envision was like higher action teamwork that kind of thing well i was hoping we get some actual converse like just pure dialogue between the two of them where it's in awe and shock of each other 
Because in Star Wars Rebels, when Ahsoka eventually finds out about Anakin, she had no clue that he he's alive. Okay. She, like, she does not know about Vader until after they've met. That the, the transition. They already had an interaction together, and then they meet again. And then she, it, two and two comes together finally for her. And even after that, Vader denies it in front of her. It's not until part of his mask is cut off his face and part of his um, his voice changer to where Anakin's voice actually comes out of the mask again to where she realizes, like, yeah, she had that gut feeling at one point that it could be Anakin. Something's familiar. But he's dead. He's dead, you know? We get the confirmation finally in that Rebels episode. So nice. it's like, okay... You would expect, if her not even knowing Anakin's alive, she doesn't know Padme's pregnant, knew nothing about the twins, the kid, nothing, none of that. I was expecting a bit of build-up for it, not gonna lie. Um, that's by far the most disappointing thing in this episode, and if I'm honest, the most disappointing thing in this series. And I can say it for the series compared to just the episode, because clearly this whole series is pushing a much larger narrative. Um... Cad Bane was cool. Enjoyed seeing him in live action. It was neat, again, because we've seen him since we were, like, eight years old. Really cool seeing him in live action. Especially because, within a year, we get two comebacks for him with Bad Batch. And yeah. we just discussed that on the show as well recently, Danilo. Cad Bane's our Boba Fett, essentially. Because he, yeah, he, really cool. he kills people, and then mm -hmm. he just leaves. You know, so. The one of... I, I'm not going to lie, though. With the with the Grogu thing at the end of it, seeing Yoda's lightsaber, cool. The Beskar chainmail thing, a little corny, but cool. I was really hoping um that we weren't going to see Grogu's decision until season three of The Mandalorian. That's what I thought too. And I'll leave it at that before we get to the finale in a bit. But Steve, how are you feeling about this Luke Skywalker eccentric episode that actually has Mark Hamill in it? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, um, well, part of what I, I'll, I'll talk about later about my Star Wars uh, experience is that anytime that I can see Luke Skywalker uh, not doing what he did in the, in, in the prequel or sequel trilogy, I'm mm -hmm. happy for it. So I'll take anything, any amount they want to throw in to the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian, <clears throat> I'll take every bit of it. I, I thought the ending of season two of the Mandalorian, I was standing up screaming at my TV with tears in my eyes. It was fucking amazing. And that's uh, a, a, a uh, redemption for Luke Skywalker, in my opinion. Completely agree. How did you, um, what were your thoughts on the visual improvements of him in Book of Boba Fett? Because he looks damn good. Yeah, yeah, he did look a lot fight, better. Man. Yeah, didn't they hire a guy who they found like on YouTube, who like did it better? Mm -hmm. He had some kind of better technique. Yeah. And like, hey, do you want to work for us? I think that's what happened, or, yeah. or at least yeah. I'm imagining this the, or something. Yeah, no, they got the deep fake guy to come work for them, and that's why Luke Skywalker looks so much better. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw this post like about a week ago or something, where they showed the actual actor who was filmed, and he kind of looks like Mark Hamill, to be honest with you. So they didn't have like a ton of work to do; they just had to like do the face stuff however they do that right to to make it look different but mm -hmm. it was already almost there because this actor feel free to look it up you'll see what i'm talking about you're like dang he kind of looks like mark hamill circa 1983 1984 so it, it for them it was like easier to do that work and and uh you know 
just like with anything in Photoshop or After Effects or anything like that, the more you can already have it there from the from the get-go and the less manipulation you have to do, the more natural it looks, obviously. So that's the ballpark that they were dealing with for this newer version of Luke, for sure. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about like the Cad Bane entrance and just this episode overall? Um, well, it's it's interesting from my perspective now, knowing more from you guys talking. Um, I didn't know his history whatsoever. Like somehow I just missed his whole boat. I didn't I didn't know I was, okay. I was ignorant to all of that stuff. So I just thought this is a really fucking awesome Iron Maiden album cover dude that <laughs> that just came to town because he looks like one of Aaron. Help me out. What's the uh, Oh, did Aaron drop? He he might Eddie. have dropped. Oh Eddie. yeah. Well, no, I know Eddie, but like what album? Like there's a certain oh, one where he's blue like somewhere, that. Somewhere in time. There you go. So he looks like if you Google uh, the Iron Maiden album cover, somewhere in time, you kind of mm. see that guy. Really, it looks a lot like it. It's very reminiscent, I, I'll say. So that's where my head was, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Was this some kind of like nod to Iron Maiden? Does Dave Filoni love Iron Maiden? Because that's cool, because I like Iron Maiden. You know, just, it's fucking great. Th- this is what's going through my head, because I'm ignorant to that character. So he was a badass. I love the, 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 the way he looked, the, the makeup. Everything was great, looked realistic. The voice was killer. And I liked how they modeled him after like an old school, like Italian Western cowboy or, you know, bad guy cowboy. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved it. Um, the only thing to me is I wish they would have brought him in earlier. That's, that's my complaint about him. Or it should have been a nine-episode series. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I will agree with that forever. At least eight. I don't know what's up with the missing episode. Um, but more on the backstory. Wait, is there a missing episode? I was I was just being like funny, but I think he was rushed. That that's all I mean. I'm just comparing it to Mandalorian because there's eight oh, episodes right. per season. It's like why do we have seven for Book of Boba Fett? Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, yeah, good question. Right? It's, it's not a budget issue. I know that's Disney. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Off by one as well. Because um, usually it's six or eight Disney Plus is switching back and uh, forth with. Okay. I thought I explained it to you guys. This is just one long, elaborate trailer for Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, you did say that, yes. and I, I just, you know, I sometimes I'm hard. That's why there's I only apologize. seven. <laughs> they can only stretch so long, you know. Yeah. But Steve, with Cad Bane, um, one of the things in Clone Wars, because unfortunately during production, whenever did the transaction happen with Disney and whatnot. Um, season seven was ultimately canceled because season six is only halfway finished. Hmm. So years before season seven was brought back onto the table, Filoni got some permission from whoever, Kathleen, God knows who, at Disney, and was like, "Okay, can I release unedited, like half rendered Clone Wars episodes if they're voice acted for special events?" And so the like Bad Batch arc in Clone Wars. Isn't the entire four episodes available, Danilo? Yeah. Yeah. Un- halfway rendered. Hmm. In one of these, we were going to get, I think, a three-part episode arc about bounty hunters, and it was a young Boba Fett, because he has a whole arc in Clone Wars as well growing up throughout the series, because he's in, like, season two up till season five, I think. And okay. in season seven, he was finally going to don the armor. Like, that was a big thing teased throughout the, the seasons. Um, and in this, he eventually has a standoff against Cad Bane, who's been to the show since season one. And in this standoff, at the time, it's canon as well, but it's not finished. Um, they shoot at the same time, Boba and Cad. And Cad puts the dent in Boba's helmet. Oh, dig it. Cool. But Boba kills Cad Bane 
or so we think so, because it just kind of fades because it's an unfinished episode. And then the big reveal within Bad Batch, with him coming back, is we get to see Bane have a shot-for-shot standoff, but it's the same standoff, different character. And we get to see a metal plate on his head in Bad Batch, which is like, okay, we know he was shot in the head from Clone Wars. Right, and he met up with one of those mod guys, and he's better now. Exactly, but then in Book of Boba (laughs) Fett, which is even a step further to being cooler, it's again a shot-for-shot duel between Bane and Vanth. So that's the same fight you see for Boba Fett and Hunter and Bad Batch. Good shit, though, man. Nice. Yeah, see, now when you're bringing me that backstory and that texture, that extra Mm. weight, even cooler. I I liked it just being ignorant, but it's really cool now. I want to go check out those... uh, those renders you're talking about. Is it on YouTube or Disney Plus or where is YouTube, it? YouTube. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's the voice actor from the show, from Clone Wars and Bad Batch, per, uh, voicing him in this too. So it's nice to have that transfer over. Because, I mean, oh, sadly, yeah. one of the things I know, Daniela, you were disappointed with was uh, Ashley not playing Ahsoka compared to Rosario. Yes. Yeah. So I was thrilled to see that Corey Burton came and had some involvement with this. Was but... Ashley the voice actress for that character? Ahsoka, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Would she voice well, Ahsoka you know how that in stuff the other goes. three shows? I mean, there's shows. casting directors and all that stuff, and there's people with expectations and people writing. You know, that's hard to to get everything to transfer over. You know, yeah. I, I always look at it from the fan and the business aspect. That's how my, how my brain works. So I, you know, it's hard to mm. navigate. Maybe she wasn't available, right? There's all these things, or maybe she's a great voice actress, but not so much physical act. I'm making this up. I don't know, but you know what I mean. There's all these factors. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, that's what that's what's up with Cad Bane. I'm glad you okay. enjoyed him though, going in uh, to a blind eye with that. Yeah, it was pretty super cool. I was like, I mean, just I'm like, what the fuck? Who is that? Is this blue dude's coming down the dead? Like you said, walked a thousand miles. He must be thirsty. <laughs> he comes in <laughs> and just whoops whoops everybody. Well, whoops. Uh, you know, um, what's the guy's name? Cab uh, Vance. The, Cobb the Vance. Sheriff. Yeah, Cobb Vance. Ass. I mean. you know, I could tell right away he wasn't dead because just the, you know that little bit of dialogue. You knew that. Uh, he wasn't written off just quite yet. Mm-hmm. I agree. Aaron, what about you? How are you feeling about episode uh, six? I thought it was great. Uh, I'm in agreement with Steve um, to a certain degree. Um, anytime I can see Luke Skywalker, I'm happy. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the rendering of his face was a big improvement over Mandalorian season two, and I was hyped up like crazy about him in season two at the in the finale. I thought, mm. you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I've seen King Kong the original with the fucking claymation, you know, yeah. gorilla, and it, <laughs> if you're if you buy into the movie, it looks beautiful. You know, if you can tap into the, what the, what it felt like to for those people to see it in 1930s. So Luke not looking perfect at the end of the Mandalorian, that was okay. But this one was even better. He looked amazing. Um, I loved seeing him. I loved hearing the voice. Um, I I was see. I don't have all the like. Not all three of us don't have the background with all these Clone Wars characters that you guys do. But of course, I do know Ahsoka Tano. I do know Cad Bane's look. I knew he was a dude. I didn't even know his <laughs> name, but I've seen his image before. You know of him, yeah. Yeah, I knew all of them. Um, so, um, yeah, seeing Ahsoka Tano, I don't get the weight of, like, the interaction with Luke that you do. And, and I understand what you're saying coming coming from the, from, your, from your point of view. Um, for me, it was just cool to see her there. Um, I, I loved seeing uh, 
you know, Cobb Vanth again. He's a, I think he's a great character. I love, um, oh man, now I'm blanking on his name. Raylan Givens and, and, you know, uh, share, uh, the share from Deadwood, all, all the things he, he's such a great actor and seeing him again was great. Uh, and I knew he couldn't be dead after re reintroducing the dude, you know, there's no way, but, um, I thought Cobb Vanth was awesome. I did, did some research, you know, that that night and found out that it was the same voice actor. And I thought that was super cool. And I'm still wondering if that was a guy with makeup and sort of prosthetics and like animate animatronic eye stuff, or if that was CGI or what, or a mixture of all that, I'm not sure. But, um, I did, uh, I thought it was a great episode. The only thing that I, I was not too hyped on was, I do agree that it is weird to fast forward to Grogu, like, you know, to Luke saying, hey, dude, you got to make a choice. Because in my eyes, he just got there. Mm -hmm. You know, the Mandalorian. Yeah, like, what was it, seven days or something, I feel like, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. something like that, even, not very long. And, he doesn't and then, even have the temple built. And he's like, come right. on, man. Right. Time's and a then Mandalorian's like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to need that kid back, you know? And Luke's like, I just got the kid. I'm trying to train him. Stop coming in and jacking the whole program up. Like, let him train. But Luke, of all people, should understand that those those ties that bind us, if he's trying to get Grogu to let go, listen, dude, you got this one path to be a Jedi and this other path to be with your people, somebody you love. Well, Luke made the same dumb decision in, in Empire Strikes Back, and Yoda said, listen, if you leave now in the middle of your training, you're going to ruin everything that they're fighting for and suffering for, and you're not going to help them, and you're just going to, you're walking into a whole shitstorm, and Luke's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So he leaves Yoda, the wisest of all Jedis, and, and goes and just fucks everything up. Han is still captured, you know, the bad guys still win. He loses his hand. He finds out Vader's his father way before he was ready for that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so Luke is saying, "Listen, you you gotta you gotta let go of those ties, but it's not gonna work because we're still we're still human. Even though Grogu's not a human, we're st we still have these emotions, these these universal things, whatever species we are, and we can't let go of those ties. So." If they had waited a little longer to introduce this conflict with Grogu, whether he's going to go back with the Mandalorian or not, you know, it might have made a little more sense, but it seemed like he just started his training. So that was a little off-putting. Um, it, it would have had more impact and weight if they had waited. <laughs> if they had waited, yeah, a little longer. There was no real need for Grogu to be in the, the, season, the season finale of Boba Fett which we haven't gotten to yet, but um, they could have let that choice simmer for a while and then made Mandalorian season three. At some point they reconnect and all that stuff, but no, they, they just couldn't wait. I think maybe they, maybe they second guessed their decision at the end of the, the season to separate them. And they said, uh, how many kids and parents and wives and everything are we going to lose the non-hardcore fans? Cause they want to see, Grogu, and if we get rid of Grogu, I, I, we might be shooting ourselves in the foot. So maybe they panicked. But overall, I thought it was a great episode. I okay. thought Luke in that ninja garb. It, it, Pretty cool. It, it made me very excited. 
(laughs) (laughs) It was pretty awesome. I will admit. Greg, how are you feeling about From the Desert Comes a Stranger? So, just like those guys, I had no idea who Cad Bane was. Okay. All I know is he. All I know is he looked awesome. And uh, so my brother is a way big star, way bigger Star Wars fan than me because he collects all the figures. But like he knows, he knew who Cad Bane was, and uh, he made sure that I was going to point. He he wanted me to point out the fact that um, he dented Boba Boba Fett's helmet. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to make you sound smart on this on this show, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, first of all, you can't make me sound smart. I'm definitely going to probably be from a different generation, you know. And uh, but uh, he did want me to point out that he was aware and wanted you guys to know that he was aware that that Cad Bane was the one that that uh, dented Boba Fett's helmet. So uh, I was going to pretend that I knew that. The second point I want to make is Timothy Oliphant is the guy's name that you were looking for. He's, and he's handsome. He's handsome. That's he's a handsome, handsome. man. I told Ange that. I'm like, Timothy Oliphant, he's handsome. I'm not going to lie. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad he's still alive. I think I feel in my bones he's still alive. I'm pretty sure that's not debatable at this point. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was all right. I, li- I like I- – I like that Cad Bane. I didn't have to know anything about him to like him. You know what I mean? He just mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, he's universally badass. Thing. You could either know his history yeah. or not, and you're still going to enjoy the vibe and everything. It, exactly what you guys are saying. I don't know much about him, but all I know is I got that same rush that I got from the original Star Wars when I saw Darth Vader. You just know when you see him. He's badass, right? It's like, I don't have to know anything about him. I just know he looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Same reason why I love Boba Fett and why I'm so lukewarm on this 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 book of Boba Fett overall. You know, you know, I just don't feel like it's lived up to what everybody expected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> I feel like the IG unit is a way better bounty hunter than Boba Fett, and that that <laughs> makes me. It makes me upset. <laughs> right. It hurts my heart. On some level. It hurts my heart. <laughs> Just give IG, the IG unit back. That IG unit in uh, in Mandalorian was so good. Yeah, and, and, I just and now he serves a hell of a hint of that. Of that. Yeah. His whole thing was great. Everything. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to stretch this. It seems like we've been on this episode a long time, but I, I I sort of echo what those guys and you guys have said. I mean, there's not much more I have to add. Okay, Danilo, go 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 ahead, dude. Season finale. Um, have at it, Danilo. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Let us have it. Let hold, us hold have up. it, Danilo. Before you do this, real quick, do you think <laughs> this is the season finale or series? Just. Uh, just three words, man. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. No, what do I? Uh, I think it's the series. Really? I think I think we're gonna ultimately build up to some movie or some big series with all of them still. Yeah. yeah there's no more story to tell, really. To to be honest with you, I don't think. They painted themselves into a corner with it. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Daniel. Give us a recap so we can we can just we can talk about this corner. 
Okay, so they bombed the, like the girls' casino, basically. Kind of sad, you know. Mm-hmm. I know some guys on TikTok were, were really thirsting for her. Sorry to them. Um, <laughs> then uh, Cad Bane shows up and he like offers them a peace treaty. And Boba Fett's like, I don't think so, honey. And then you're like, oh shit, here we go. Then we get an all-out war. Power Rangers come in. Uh, people of what is it called? What was their town? Desert Water Town or whatever. Freetown. Freetown. Freetown comes in. Freetown. What a what a name to. What a name. Freetown people come in and everyone just starts shooting. Then we get, you know, two XL Dradicas and they're coming in too. And that's taking a whole hell of a lot of turns. Then uh, Din Djarin's there swinging his Darksaber. He ain't doing shit. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> what's his face? Oh, yeah. Grogu comes in and you're like, what a reunion, man. Just, man, I thought I was going to see this in th- season three. I thought I was going to get some nice emotional music. No, you're just flying on the back of uh, someone's car, basically. You know, it's okay. Okay. No strings or harp or nothing. Just yeah, go just, to it. Yeah. And then we see all of a sudden, God, and then, you know, it's funny, man. He mentioned uh, King Kong. Yeah. Then I watched King, a King Kong movie for the last 10 minutes of this episode where Boba Fett's just on a rancor tearing the town to shit. And you're like, thank God. You know what? Thank God. Maybe I'll never have to see Tatooine again because they're just, just going to have to rebuild for X amount of years. They just after wrecked this. it. Yeah. And that's about it. Oh, and Fennec kills. Um, the two people, and the best part of the entire goddamn show was once again the standoff between Boba Fett and Cad Bane at the very end. For that five minutes, I thought to myself, you know what? I really like this show. And then and then it just went away. But yeah, that was, that was it. That was it. No post-credit scene. Oh yeah, post-credit. Oh yeah, post-credit scene. Didn't know we were in, in the MCU. Um, Cobb Vanth is in the back to tank. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God. For yeah, that. you know, yeah. I, I was so happy I watched those credits just to see that, you know, what, 10, 15 seconds? Not even, dude. Yeah, no, you know what? I want to say thank you to the editor on this one. That made this show peak with that, uh, <laughs> that post credit scene. He's a very popular dude. You got, you got to keep him around for a little bit. Yeah. He's very handsome. That's right. Did I mention that? <laughs> Danilo, did you like this episode? I was done. I was at this. I, I was. I was done after the Tuscans died, man. And it just kept going on and on and on. And I just don't understand what I'm watching at this point. This had the most Star Warsy stuff in it, yet it didn't feel like Star Wars, which I don't even know how you do, really. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought, the thing, I thought the dialogue was the best. I think sometimes when Star Wars just takes effort off the gas and they have a dialogue conversation, it's good. Say what you will about The Last Jedi. When it's Rey and Kylo in the throne room having that dialogue, it's good. When it was Cad Bane and Boba Fett standing off against each other with just dialogue, it was cool. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, when they're having dialogue before the big climactic moment of that fight, it's cool. Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker aren't swinging their lightsabers. They're about 20 feet away from each other, having a dialogue. Rule with me. Darth Sidious and uh, Palpatine, as we knew him, and from Return of the Jedi, between Luke. You cannot save your friends. It was all part of my plan. Just take your foot off the gas. Dialogue can still make a good show. Very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And then you can get the big buildup. But we don't see that. We just ran right into the action. We got a hint of it in the bit uh, when, you know, Cad Bane offered a peace treaty. But they need to be more there. You know, they need to, they need to be stretched out more. And when we get the fucking guy who's, what is he, with the things, the jester? Yeah. yeah, yeah. D- 
He's not even named. Name him, please. <laughs> Pablo, Orange Man, Jay, Jester. I don't care what you name him. Why is he in this still? Shoot his ass, please. And then that was that was the end of this, man. Did I like this episode? No. I, I don't know where the writing went. Like like uh like like uh um Aaron uh. The, the guy was saying, man, it's just Boba. <laughs> it's just a trailer for the Mando season three. That's all I'm watching here. That's all I'm watching, and Manalo, that's cool. You are wise beyond your years. But just, just let's, you know, <laughs> just, just tell us that it's a trailer for the Mando season three, man. I, I don't understand. Fennec was cool in this. I like Fennec in the entire series. Yeah, I really did. He's a, he's a badass. Yeah, I thought she. Yeah, she had the she had the best scene. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she, had the, why she had the scene that I wish Boba Fett would have done. Yeah, why doesn't he have that, man? He just got told that those people killed his found family. You know, he didn't have a family. He only had a dad who then he watched get decapitated. Then he had some bounty hunters, right. which was cool in Clone Wars. But then he has his family who accepts him, you know, who's saying, like, we are part of us. We're going to make you one of us. Be accustomed to our culture. And he was. Big whoop. And then just this gang kills you. It kills his family, and instead of just being like, "Oh, F he's like Fennec, you go, you go deal with that," no, Boba Fett, that like John Favreau, that, like write that where it's Boba Fett killing them, like that's fan service. Right. If he wants to obliterate, you know, shoot his fucking rocket out of his backpack, flamethrower, oh. wrap him up with like the the whistling birds, dude, that was your moment, John. Like that was it, and instead, Agreed. what's he doing? I He's riding a rancor. Sick, dude. Sick. <laughs> I'm done, dude. It's, I, I just, at this point, I know that the Star Wars that John Favreau is writing for his spinoff series and possibly moving forward is just not for me anymore. Mando season one, that was it, man. That was that for me. That was peak. You know, like he said with Batman: The Dark Knight, that was his peak. That trilogy. I think Mando season one was my peak with Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I think we're gonna get season you sure two. You got it all there. <laughs> I think. I think I did. Well, it, I'll come back to something maybe. I mean, if they're really creative and they can really pull something out that really makes sense and has weight and you care about it, maybe they could do a second season. But you know, there was nothing too much that I could extrapolate from what I watched just to like guess what could be done you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not sure it just seems like they told all what they could tell and they, and they didn't do it in the best pacing either in my opinion for me honestly like taking a step back and looking at the show episode by episode other than the mayor fleeing Boba Fett hasn't done shit really like as far as being a crime lord and running he hasn't really done shit no one's respecting him still he just destroyed half of this nearby city he's working on, you know, bringing up and helping the people. Yeah. If anything, I think only this city has respect for him. I think he still has to win over a lot of Tatooine. Um, well, there was a couple of those little little cut-tos where the people are, like, you know, nodding and offering him fruit. So they're trying to imply that now mm -hmm. he has gained their respect. But but in reality, I, I'm with you. Like, what really did he do? He you know, yeah. that was a bunch of construction that needs to happen in the town now. <laughs> yeah, and if Maybe anything, dude, he, he I feel like jobs. it was such know. a contained <laughs> issue within this town. 
I think only the townspeople are appreciative of this. Or even yeah. acknowledging it, you know? Um, yeah, I, I could see season two going on and actually dealing with him becoming this, dealing with those two huts from earlier this season, maybe more of the Hut family, maybe Rhoda, Stinky from the Clone Wars movie, which if, if you guys haven't seen that, the whole point of the Clone Wars movie, um, Anakin and his new apprentice Ahsoka have to go save Jabba's son, who's like six months old. It's weird. For some reason, Christopher Lee came back for that movie. <laughs> mm. Um, so does Samuel Jackson, which is also pretty odd. But this finale, man, um, Danilo, you said it best. The reunion, throw out the fucking window. I'll be honest with you. Um, I love the finale of season two of The Mandalorian. I was crying like a bitch. I was rewatching the other day and I was still crying like a bitch. But this, this does mean a lot. This takes away a lot from that finale. Um, I'm kind of scared for episode for season three is going to go. Not going to lie, I thought the the rancor stuff with this is kind of neat because we haven't really seen Star Wars take on like a kaiju type of aspect except for some stuff in Attack of the Clones with the Geonosian um, arena scenes with Padme and Obi Wan. So I thought that was neat. neat. Um, nice homage to the Godzilla and kaiju films of that. Um, the Cad Bane and Boba Fett duel was awesome. That had weight, not only because I'm seeing this scene brought up, you know, basically frame for frame in Clone Wars as a deleted scene, but Boba, you know, he doesn't have a lot of arcs, because, like, even though his character is very present throughout Star Wars, canon and non-canon, he just makes appearances a lot. And so, like, some of the only arcs he has is from Clone Wars, so I really liked seeing this brought to a close. Not only just because I'm seeing an older Boba Fett go through with this with a cat older Cad Bane, but because I'm seeing Tamir Morrison actually say this to Cad or Cad Vanth or no excuse me I'm Cad Bane I keep wanting to say Cad Vanth. Um, I love 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 seeing the live action characters or the original trilogy characters or the prequel characters even deal with issues and characters from other Star Wars media. So I'm very thrilled to see Tamir actually go against Cad Bane. Um, as far as the overall ending goes, this was the most storytale thing, in my opinion. It just kind of ends all of a sudden. Mando is just going off. We, as a viewer who is who knows lore of Star Wars, we're like, okay, he's going to go restore Mandalore. We're going to go through with what we thought, finally. But you take a step back and realize, okay, it's been of a happy note as well. Yeah. That's the I've best way I can so, put it. I've, I've never been so happy to see you disappointed with how a Star Wars show ends. <laughs> I mean, Sounds yeah. Like they kind of I'm so ran happy. Out of time. I'm so happy. <laughs> it does feel like they ran out of time. It feels something is missing. Almost an entire episode's worth of this. The pacing's yeah. off. Because they would have like, gave more appearances and weight and substance to Cad Bane, in my opinion. Like I, I just saw this cool guy introduced to me, and then in, a, in an episode and a half lot later, he's dead. Mm -hmm. so, well, he, he can't be dead. He can't be dead. Well, defeated, at no, least. I mean, kind of, I, I don't, I don't know. Dead. But it just it, it seemed paced very uh, rushed and hurried, hurriedly. Is that a word? 
<laughs> oh, he's yeah. he's definitely dead. He's already fake died like twice. <laughs> but maybe they're gonna just keep going with that fake dead thing. You know, fake deaths. Who doesn't knows? doesn't he have like a helper droid? He does. Help me out here, young young guys. He's got a helper droid, right? And totally, uh, yeah. I think if you I think if you watch that scene closely, my brother has told me that you might hear that droid. You do. So yeah, you do. Yeah. There, there's there's a chance that can't, you know I don't we we're not spoiling anything. Most people have seen this at this point, but I don't think he's dead. No. Yeah. And, I mean, and yeah, here's for someone here, so cool. You got to keep him around a little more, man. In my opinion. Here's you know, one other big criticism that I can give about the whole series to wrap my opinion on this up. He took his helmet off too much. Nobody has said this yet. You're he was holding his right. helmet more than he had it on. He should have had the helmet on, like, mm. 99% of the time. Yes. I understand yeah. taking it off once in a while because you got to eat or something. But, man, he was holding his helmet through the whole damn series, and, and that's not how Aaron, Steve, and I remember Boba Fett. That's, that's very true. And, and it took me, that, that, you know, that helped take me out of this. He should have been I, yeah. mysterious and, and, like, you know, kept the damn helmet on. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Tamira Morrison. Don't get me wrong. I want to see him, but, like, I don't need to see him that much. Especially right. when he's out, like, with the people in Tatooine. I forget what this town's called. Um, right. But, like, he should yeah. be full armor, man. Like, yeah. you don't know what those people are going to do. Fully agree. Just walking true. around with your helmet off. Right. Hmm. Very um, good point. Know. Very good point. Like we went from never knowing what he looked like to always knowing what he looked like. And if he shaved today, yeah, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, see him in the back of the tank with no helmet. He's just, you know, really getting some air on that dome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, what else? What are some of their final comments on Chapter Seven? Uh, same as you guys. I feel like it's it's. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely picked up on the King Kong thing that you guys mentioned. Like, I, I was I was telling my wife, I'm like, is this King Kong? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, but it was cool. I mean, I like a Rancor messing things up. It felt like Rampage a little. You ever play Rampage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Felt like the Rancor was going to start punching the side of the building. I was kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> and he did it. So, uh, I don't know. Uh I'm with Danilo. It's all over the place, but I don't know. I'll take what I can get. I guess, you know. That's fair. It's not as good as not as good as a Mandalorian, but I, I mean, I, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to content. You know, mm. some Boba, half-ass Boba Fett is better than no Boba Fett. I guess, you know. Yeah, I guess. Good so. point. Good point. <laughs> Aaron, what about you, man? How are you feeling about this finale? Um, at, at that point. Uh, I was, I kind of just gave, I kind of turned my critical eye off. Um, by the time we got to the series finale or season finale, whatever I was, I just went along for the ride. I picked, I noticed some things that bothered me along the way, but I just kind of stepped away from it. Um, and just, just let the story tell itself. Um, just, you know, you can only do that so much. Sometimes things can throw you so far that you can't turn off your critical eye and you just, 
you react against it, right? Mm-hmm. This didn't push me too far. So I uh, I thought it was cool. Um, it was a little, yeah, it was a little jumbled and a little bit rushed. Um, and there, I didn't like, okay, yeah, that was what I was thinking when I was watching it. I didn't like seeing them get their asses beat so much, you know, like walking into traps and, um, and, um, kind of, you know, being outsmarted by bitch ass town folk, you know, like who, who <laughs> betrayed them, you know, um, you know, I didn't like that. I didn't like how hampered they were with, oh, we're pinned down. Oh, now these guys joined us, but they're pinned down too. And we're, we're still, we're still, you know, really barely hanging on here. I mean, I guess you're supposed to be challenged. Your heroes are supposed to be challenged, but when it came down to it, you know, Fennec Shan just kind of ninjaed out of there and went and took care of everything that needed to be taken care of at the end. But it's like, why is it so easy for her to do that when all these badasses like Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and the Power Rangers, why, why are they getting, why are they getting their asses handed to them so much? Um, you know, and Black Chrysanthemum, um, he, well, he, he, he had good moments too, but still, every they were outwitted at every turn. I didn't really mm-hmm. like seeing them so outwitted. Um, but they, you know, they came out on top. So, but yeah, like like you said, Danilo, like that moment should have okay. Even if it wasn't just Boba Fett's moment at the end, you know, dropping in on those Pike guys who they can't fight. Those those guys can't fight. So, you know, Fennec Shan dropping in on them and doing that stuff was a cool moment. But it could have at least been her and Boba Fett, you know. It could have been a two-person operation, you know. And no, um, they never gave Boba Fett like any really shining moments like that, like just what you guys were saying earlier. Why not? Yeah, they didn't give him enough. You know, he had the cool duel with with uh, with Cad Bane, but it's not overall. No, it's not the Boba Fett we wanted. It's not the Boba Fett we expected. That's what the Mandalorian is. It's that's the Boba Fett we all wanted to see, and I think. And um, uh, Boba Fett, the actual Boba Fett, got like the table scraps, basically, uh, of what those guys guys could come up with. <clears throat> um, but it was exciting, and I, I was I was cool with um, with watching the spectacle of it without mm-hmm. tr- I trying telling myself don't pick it apart, don't pick it apart, you know. Which of course we're doing now, but while I was watching it. I tried not to pick it apart. Okay. You're right. You know, Boba didn't really have a big spotlight moment. Other than that duel. That that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Looking back it, on it. It really is it really is consistent with the original trilogy. He I mean he didn't do much in that either. You know, like so like they've kept it consistent, I guess. Like he it's still true to character. Yeah, I I still am not you know, thinking he's one of the best bounty hunters. <laughs> I just think I'll take an IG unit over him, man. Let me just uh, sign one of them up. Let's go find my guy. Steve, I heard, that, I I heard there's a chip shortage, sure. though, so you might have to get, like, a used IG unit. There's a shortage on chips right now. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> That's right. I hear that. Steve, what are your thoughts on this finale? Um, not that much different from... Uh, from what the guy said um definitely thought that it was rushed there was a lot of things that i felt like they kind of just ran out of time so they had to kind of just wrap this up like this is what's going to happen and we're just going to kind of write it like this and 
boom, 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 and it's done. Um, it could have been drawn out just a little bit more. Maybe just one more episode would have done the trick, or perhaps a little bit different editing, maybe. But overall, I think all the story that they told needed to be told. So just one more episode probably would have done the trick, and then it would have been your eight-episode, mm. you know, consistent uh, um, count that that that, that you're kind of used to. So. I don't, you know, why did they do it that way? Who knows? But I think one more episode could have, you know, given the, the given the proper build up, especially to like uh, to to Cad Bane to make it so that that because that duel I think just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, both of them actually, the first one um, in Freetown, because like they you never saw uh, uh, just a shot of his boots walking or. Or, or his reflection anywhere, and you know nothing, no, no kind of cinematic tricks that you've seen over the years to kind of hint at somebody, and then you see them do something, you know, three scenes later or the next film or whatever. Um, they rushed him. I thought I don't think they could have. I don't think they maximized him um, to the extent, especially for you guys, because you really know about uh, his backstory. Or maybe that made it so that they could rush him and somebody like me would go dude you guys rushed him you know maybe, maybe it could be the opposite of that mm. you guys already had a, 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 a setup with him and you knew history of him and what he did and some past um exchanges um with boba fett and other characters so you know i guess it depends on your point of view a little bit but still i think a story should stand on its own regardless of past baggage or not in in, in a way um but i guess now might be a good time to to um give you my overall take on you know zoom way out uh past the book of boba fett past the mandalorian past the prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy sorry um and i'll give you my take overall on this is that i know that some of us may have problems with some of the pieces of the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and that's cool um everybody's going to interpret things in different ways and bring different angles of it depending on what you, how much of the story you've digested over the years or not. Um, but to me, and I'm just speaking for myself, is that all of this stuff, the Disney recent stuff, and when I say all of it, I mean The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 and The Book of Boba Fett, it saved me from ignoring every single other piece of Star Wars that, it, that will ever come to be. Because the sequel trilogy to me, just fucked up so entirely bad and mm. derailed and insulted many characters, many past plot lines, and the list can go on and on. I don't want to go too deep into it and waste too much time, but it totally ruined Star Wars for me. Um, and I'm a Star Wars fan. I got a tattoo. I know all the fucking lines by heart from all the original six movies. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in there. I've seen them all a hundred times in the, in the theaters and on DVD and on VHS and the whole nine yards. So I'm by, by no means a casual fan. But when you see things like the... Okay, so let's go with... Uh, real quickly, I'll give you a couple bullet points just to illustrate my point. The um, uh, What was the first uh, sequel one called? Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens. That one... I will admit and say that that's a lot of fan service and it's kind of a rehash of, of A New Hope. Okay, I'm, I, I was actually cool with that. That movie was pretty damn good to me. They introduced this really cool fucking bad guy who you don't even know how mighty and strong he might be, Snoke. Holy shit. Didn't even know he was a hologram at first. Like, didn't re quite realize it. Awesome. Goddamn. 
What's, what are they going to do with him? They get to the end uh, of this crazy journey, all these ups and downs and people dying and everything. And uh, help me out. What's her name? <laughs> the character's name. I'm sorry, dude. Ray. <laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray hands the lightsaber to Luke, and then it, it goes to black, and the credits come up. Holy shit. Does it get better than that? I don't, really, I don't, I don't think it does. I mean, for, from a drama standpoint and, and anticipation and everything, oh, my God. So then what do they do with uh, Ryan Johnson's version? Uh, and remember what I was talking about earlier, about there's fan service and there's a balance. You can do some maybe, and, and it's cool, and people maybe our age would be like, oh, dude, thank you. I'm so glad we got to see that or, or get that vibe again. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Then if you go too much, you're like, what uh, Danala was saying, like, come on, this is cheap, this is bullshit. You guys are just trying to sell action figures. I get all of that, 100%. So have a responsibility, right? But in my opinion, as, I, as again, I said, I'm speaking just for myself. In my opinion, Ryan Johnson wanted to go so far from any fan service and, and breaking anybody's possible guess on the internet of whatever could happen, whoever this is, this character is, and this character is this. All the atmosphere of guessing and the forums and the YouTube video channels and people saying, I think this is this and, and everything like that. He said, I'm going to make goddamn sure everybody's wrong. And then wrote this story to just derail everything. Why would Luke take that lightsaber and throw it away? He wouldn't, but they did in that story. This is my opinion. Uh, and then you kill your fucking main bad guy in, in the middle of the, uh, of the second film of that trilogy. What? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just bad storytelling, period, I think, in my opinion. Um, and then, uh, so the third episode, you don't have anything fucking left to do. Mm-hmm. This just meanders, and you're like, well, I guess we've got to bring the Emperor back. Okay, so they bring the Emperor back. Well, doesn't that just fucking diminish all of fucking uh, Return of the Jedi and everything that Darth Vader died for and Luke fought for and all this kind of stuff? In my opinion, it does. So that it just threw a wet blanket on all of that and ruin that so okay i'm done criticizing my whole point is that because i had to give you a little illustration of why i was so pissed at star wars that made me not give a shit about any other piece of star wars story that was ever going to exist i was done literally done i didn't care aaron i remember aaron saying to me hey there's going to be a mandalorian story coming out soon or maybe i saw a trailer and we all talked about i didn't give a shit i'm like cool whatever i'm not going to watch it i'm done uh but then I gave it a chance. I think, no, you know what it was? We played, we played this event in Detroit here. Uh, Greg, what's it called? Do you remember the name? Sorry. I'm blanking on all kinds of names right now. I'm getting we, worked up from the Star Wars situation. Space, space we played dive. a lot of shows. What, event, what show? Space Dive. Space Dive. You, yeah. you guys got to Google this when you have time. It's an event that some good friends of ours put on, and they turn this venue into the Cantina Bar. But I don't mean oh. half-ass. I mean... It looks yeah, like a goddamn it, You cantina. feel like you walked into the cantina It's amazing. Bar. It's super fucking cool. So they had Voyager 3 And play. everybody's dressed up as an alien. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people come in in the Stormtrooper gear or any character in Star Wars. And everybody does a good job. It's like-minded people who love Star Wars and sci-fi fans. It's awesome. It's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So they had us play one year. We're a perfect you know, fit for that, I would say, type of thing. So in the other room from the like the the, the concert venue part is this uh kind of loungy area that they have like some kind of like bleacher seat style things and a big uh projector screen 
and on this screen they were playing a trailer. It might even been leaked footage, I'm not sure, but some kind of a trailer, but it was a really long trailer, so that's what makes me think it might have been leaked footage or something like that, because it was like five minutes or something or more of uh, Mandalorian season one footage, and I remember just kind of casually walking by, and I watched that, and they showed this humongous long sequence of the IG unit going through the town, spinning and firing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is this like cut footage from some old Star Wars thing? What is this? This is absolutely amazing. And then mm. somebody told me, maybe Aaron told me, somebody told me, this is the Mandalorian, dude. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking watch this. Are you kidding me? Mm. Oh my God. So then I watched the first episode, tears in my eyes. Oh my God, this is everything I've wanted to see. Like crazy good. Episode two, episode three, episode... Oh my God, it renewed me. So, so this saved me from like abandoning such an important part of my you know, movie life or you know, actual life because I kind of incorporate Star Wars into, into my life as probably a lot of Star Wars fans have done and do. Uh, so I'm very thankful to these writers, Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau and the producers to have brought us this, even if it's not perfect because we know and we've said there's flaws. Um, but thank you for bringing this back because now I care about Star Wars again. So that's my diatribe. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That, that really is awesome that uh, this pocket of this massive franchise is able to save it for you. Yeah. Because I know you aren't the only one that doesn't like the sequel trilogy. I like yeah, parts it's, of it's it. a very split thing I've, I've, <clears throat> that I've gathered over the years. It's very split down the middle, for sure. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Daniel, that's... All seven episodes, finally. Yep. That is. We've been talking about doing this for two months. Now we got a chance to do it. <laughs> Does anybody know when The Mandalorian Season 3 comes out? Or, or not yet? Have they December, set? I believe, this year. Oh, they're going to make us wait. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, they're going to give you a December get, We releases. get Obi-Wan. We get Obi-Wan in oh, May. Oh, yeah. April, and then Andor right? the summer. Hmm. Andor is in the summer? Yeah. Okay, What's cool. the time so we, we frame? Won't be starving. Uh, we'll have Star Wars, and you right get on. Bad Batch season two in case you guys want to start that. Cad Bane's in Bad Batch. I am going to start that for sure, and I thank you guys for letting me even know about it for sure. If you, what, uh, if you enjoy Bad Batch, watch. Give Clone Wars a shot. Okay, because the all of the Bad the Batch. Way. What'd I would you go say? The other way. I would go. I like, would too, but that's seven seasons in a movie. Okay, don't have to watch. We'll talk about it after. It's a lot of shit. <laughs> it is, but it's better than the Bad Batch. It is better. Yeah. Whatever. You're saying the Clone Wars are better than the Bad Batch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a lot of material. That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, you, you'd be watching it for months unless you really have some time for sure, and that's yeah. okay. I'll take yeah. my time. It, it'll be there for me, you know, as I have time to snag two, three episodes or whatever. Um. But quick question I have, because I didn't even know about Endor at all. Do you, does anybody know when that's supposed to take place? I think... Well, Andor, Andor, not Endor. It's, oh, sorry. It's that sorry. dude yeah. from, from Rogue One. I saw Rogue One. Uh, he which a, guy? He was a spy. He was like a... Uh, he, was the du- he was the main dude with... Uh, K2SO. You know, yeah. He had the droid. He, he flew the U-Wing. Yeah. He's the, the one that we, like we see the shoot the double mustache. agent. He's got like, you know, like a must, like a scruffy goatee. He's he was the spy, and okay. he meets yeah. the guy in the beginning, and then you know, and he's working with what's her name? I can't. Jin Erso. 
Jin Urso. He's the main guy with Jin Urso, and then they both bite it at the end. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But, so this gotcha. is before this is before Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure that'll be good too. Then, yeah, because Rogue mm. One was super awesome, but I only have seen it once. Um, just because I was, I was like, I was fading from Star Wars, man. Like I was just so derailed, like I was saying. Um, but I'm gonna have to refresh on that, especially before that series comes out, so I can remember all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, like I said, we also get Bad Batch season two around that time. It, it, we're, we're getting fed this year for Star Wars fans. Yeah, we, we may not get a movie. We're getting a lot of shows. I think we're getting a game or two this year as well. We're we're getting some good shit at some point. Like Star Wars, right? Mm, What's yeah. that Lego game that's coming out? It's supposed to be my kids are gonna go crazy for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> taking days on crazy. Star Wars. I'll be going crazy for that one. Yeah, dude. Nah. The Lego Star Wars, yeah. yeah gonna, sick. It looks yeah. good, man. Looks all good. the Lego Star Wars are really fun. My wife and I play those all the time. They're super fun. This one uh, this one especially looks really good. Can't wait, yeah. can't wait. Hey, Danilo, um, did you hear Steve suggest that uh, Book of Boba Fett needed one more episode? You probably would have killed Danilo. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't, I can't take any Monday night, but one more. I can't take it. <laughs> yeah, Danilo's like, seven's good, man. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, That's enough. Breaks there, Voyager 3. <laughs> yeah. Steve's like, come on, give me one more. You kind of tied it all together. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Power Rangers would have been back for that. They would have been, man. It probably would have been their whole featured episode. Oh, you should have yeah. seen it. After every episode, Danilo was texting me. And for, for seven weeks, I'd get a message saying, what the fuck did I watch? Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the Tuscans now a lot more than I did when I originally watched them. I'll tell you that. I thought that was solid, man. You know, I thought it was solid writing for that little section of it. Whatever, though. At the end of the day, yeah. it's a story made for 12-year-olds to sell toys, and they just have fun. So That is true. <laughs> I think we all get moments out of this we can enjoy. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. There were moments yeah. in the show that I really enjoyed, man, but mm-hmm. most of it was just no for me. That's understandable. It's not for everybody. You know? Yep. A lot of good moments. Well, Steve, Aaron, Greg, I think all three of you for coming on. Dude, this has been a great time discussing this episode. Um... I'm going to go one by one and ask for you guys to plug yourselves individually, then also Voyager 3 plugs as well. Um, Greg, where can our listeners find you? Well, as part of Voyager 3. So we have a podcast now, <laughs> V3Cast, that we're doing. Uh, so check that out. That's on YouTube and anywhere you get podcasts, so you can find that. And then, uh, you know, the big thing for us right now is this New York Ninja thing. So if you haven't looked up New York Ninja, a simple Google search will find you the best trailer ever made, possibly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just so happens to have our music backing it up. So that's my shameless plug. There you you awesome, won't have man. more fun at the movies than you will at New York Ninja. <laughs> that's a true statement. That is. <laughs> Aaron, do you have any um, any personal accounts you want to plug as well? No, nothing personal for me. Just, you know, I've always identified myself as... I'm Aaron from Forge. I'm Aaron from Decibel. Aaron from Voyager 3. Since I've been a teenager, it's always been um, my band. And uh, once I get started talking on that with anybody I meet, Mm -hmm. um, like I might be kind of shy in certain situations, but if they go, oh, what do you do? I go, oh, I'm in a band, and I'll fucking talk about that for hours if they let me. So, (laughs) yeah, Voyager 3, um, you know, 
we're, we're loving doing this stuff. We New York Ninja is our fourth album. We did Doom Fortress years ago. We did an album called Are You Synthetic? We did our third album called uh, War Mask. And then New York Ninja. Right there. Let's get the glare off. Yeah, Ooh. that's our fourth album. And, um, you know, we love doing this stuff. We've been playing music together since we were kids. So, um, like, uh, that's what we're doing. We have our our podcast. We've done, what, seven? Has it been yep, seven? Seven episodes? episodes so far, yeah. So it's, we'll it's be still doing new. Episode eight, you know, pretty soon. And, um, and you know, so, yeah, check that stuff out. Voyager 3. Um, we're, we're made for this stuff. Fantasy, science fiction, horror, crime. All that good shit that is not the stuff that we deal with in the real world. We can put aside all the fucking horse shit of work and, you know, the hardships of the world and politics and all that crap. And you can just sink your teeth into some good, like, fantasy, um, you know, horror music soundtrack stuff with bass. I mean, not with bass. With guitar, drums, synthesizers, mostly no vocals. Pretty much no vocals, and uh, check that stuff out. Awesome, man, Steve. What about you, man? Any any personal things you want to plug as well? Um, I would just say that uh, everybody should go to the Voyager Three socials. You know, we, we're on Facebook, mm. we're on Instagram, and Twitter. Like whatever flavor you like to interact on. Um, the catch is we spell our name a little silly, a little goofy, a little unique. It's uh, V O Y A G Three R. So the, the three is taken in, in place of the E. So if you type that into Google, you'll find all of our stuff. You know, we're on all the, um, you know, digital sites. If, if, if you don't do albums or CDs or cassettes or anything like that, and you just stream your stuff, we're there. If you like vinyl, <clears throat> we have that. If you like CDs, we have that. Um, we kind of just, we're old school. So we kind of have all of those formats because we like to listen to music on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just our, our, our socials, just keep in touch or like the page or whatever, and you'll always know when we're going to have a concert or a convention appearance uh, or another album coming out, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're always writing new music, so we'll have our fifth album out probably sooner than you think, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of album, man, you um you guys were able to release New York Ninja through Mondo with a nice pressing as recently. Yeah, they did a super killer job. Like... Um, the, the the color you know mash up and swirl mm-hmm. stuff looks just great i mean they do that to the t that that that's what they do yeah mondo's sure. great dude. i got a couple pressings myself that that <clears throat> new york ninja thing's gorgeous i'm pissed i missed out on it <laughs> but oh, man. not just that but uh not just that but i played that record be- i finally got a version that i was willing to play because i bought the white one and i won't open it so i'm just <laughs> keeping that one like wrapped but I finally got my personal version. And I put it on. It's clean, man. It's like they did they did it right. That that pressing sounds really good. There's like no pops or any of that stuff in it. It's really right on. Yeah, I, I really gave them really high res digital files too. So it, when it ripped to the stamping plates, it was from a really juicy source for all you audio file nerds out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little inside. A lot. Yeah, a little inside baseball, right? It, it, it wasn't CD. It, it wasn't four four one sixteen, but it was uh, higher than that. So, <laughs> good good stuff. <laughs> good shit, man. Good shit, man. Whew, I thank all three of you for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Discuss the book of Boba Fett. Um, Danilo, do you have any closing remarks for this LFG? 
Little Caesars, we are waiting patiently for you to sponsor us. We will do anything. Yes, yeah, we will do anything for some hot and readies. Yeah. Yes. Get, Get on it, hot Little Caesars. Nasty. Let's fucking go. That's, that's exactly Caesars, right, Aaron. Little Caesars <laughs> is from our town, man. Maybe, maybe we got some pull with them. I don't think we do. <laughs> no, we didn't have pull, or else we'd be sponsored. By that's that. right. Yeah, that's right. We're in the V three cast with pepperoni. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Danilo yeah, has been pulling. begging for sixty episodes now. <laughs> we're full. We're pulling for Bells to sponsor us. Come Ooh. on, Bells. There you go. Come on, Bells. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's Come in on. our same state. Bells is Michigan, so come on. Where are you guys from? He's from Michigan. <laughs> oh, dig it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in North Carolina though. I'm in Raleigh. Gotcha. No wonder. No wonder Danilo's so edgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally get it now. Totally get it. Yeah, you're one yeah. of us. Yeah, you're exactly. one of us. Michigander. <laughs> yep. That's right. Must be nice. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of anger up oh. here in the mitten state. Hold on, actually, before, especially during these cold is. months. Before we end the recording, real quick, there is something that Danila we we've discussed this before, and now I get finally an outside source to chime in on this. Shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up. I know. <laughs> Shut the fuck. Up. This is gonna be Ladies good. and gentlemen, this is gonna be real yeah, good. I gotta, you say. I gotta hear it. Oh. Everybody who has been following Galaxy of Film for a while, you may remember a certain project the former co-host Dakari Holder and also our current musician Dakari Holder has put on his YouTube channel for our Atlanta trip video. We went to the Kanye West uh, listening party last year. Dude, in in this, no, in this video, Danilo caused a bit of a scene while we were in my car. In Dude, I don't cause Atlanta. a bit of a scene, man. Okay, you I ask a, bit a of reasonable a question from someone who's from Michigan. Okay. Let me ask you guys this. What the fuck is a Michigan U? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, easy, man. Problem. Yeah, it's the greatest it it's yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. It now, is, right? in North Carolina, if you want to make a left at an intersection, do you just turn left at the intersection with like a green arrow, right? Or, or yeah. a left-hand turn lane, right? Yeah. See, Michigan doesn't do that. You cannot yeah, turn left in our intersections, right. typically. There's exceptions. Not, on, the, a, not on a big street. Not yeah, on a big street. streets, you, you have to go past it, and then we have a little a little inlet where you go and do a U-turn, and now you're going the other direction. Then you turn right down the other street. That's oh. Michigan U. Just the flow of traffic That's a Michigan thing, U. is what I'm it's assuming. Real. It's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Like, God, you know, on Gratiot, for example. You should have never doubted can't, him. You can't turn left on any streets. It's a real thing. That's right. Yeah, Danilo, you're hyping yourself up over there. You're feeling pretty good, aren't you? It's a, it, it's a Michigan U, man. It's one of the greatest. And sometimes people stop. Sometimes they get T-boned. Who knows? It's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah it's true. That's yeah, where a lot of T-bones happen. And now we've got those, uh, what do they call those things? The roundabouts? Oh, yeah. We have a lot of oh, those. We have roundabouts oh, everywhere here. Over. Everywhere. Yeah, here. those are even more treacherous. Yeah, people don't understand the rules. Is if you're in it already, you have the right of way. I don't understand why people don't can't get that. Don't be stopping at a yield sign, man. It's a yield for a reason. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I think the the driver's training needs to catch up to the roundabout because yeah. they haven't taught it yet. Yeah, clearly that was that was an issue in my driver's head. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's kind of guessing. They go into those things guessing. They're like, yeah. I don't know. Just right. gonna go into it, see what happens. <laughs> Let's just right. hope it works. Ho yeah, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys, let's go See, ahead and wrap this up. Now you know. This is a great uh, talk about film and uh, statewide educations, you know, education <laughs> of different state customs and stuff like that. <laughs> it's funny you mention yeah, that. We, uh, we got another guy, JR, from West Virginia Uncommonplace, who is the same way. A lot of, uh, lot of state educational facts with his stuff. Nice. Shout out to JR. Oh, and you know, here, here's another one. You being, you said North Carolina, correct? Is that what yeah. you said you're from? Now, here in Michigan, especially in Southeast Michigan, in the Metro Detroit area in particular, we take conies for granted. Now, you're probably saying, what in the fuck is a coney? Yeah, what the hell is a coney? A is another wait, name. Wait, wait, you don't know like what a coney is, for like a, That's what I'm telling you. See, now, let no. me spell this out because a lot of people don't know this. Is a coney is a, just like a little greasy spoon restaurant that that serves you know some breakfast stuff some burgers well, a, a coney is a chili dog Let's no see. i know that i'm getting to that i'm getting to that and the reason mostly why it's called a coney is because their flagship dish is a coney dog which consists of the bun the hot dog chili onions and mustard that's it that's a got, coney dog i got so, one outside my sub see there you go so you must be in southeast michigan you're probably by us ish right yeah yeah there you go right on so um now you go you you, you leave this area that shit's not around really at all and you definitely can't get like euros like a greek uh sandwich with the lamb and stuff like that everybody like what are you talking about we have euros here we have a lot of euro places here yeah oh that's cool see that's Mm -hmm. newer i think that's cool most most people in the regular world call it a chili dog but it's a coney so that's a coney man it's a coney i didn't make it up but i gotta follow the rule you know what i'm saying well, shit, now I learned something today, too. <laughs> Never heard of that before. Okay. Yeah, so when you come up to Michigan to visit Danilo, make him take you to get some Coney dogs. That's right, man. It's one almost every other mile, man. That's true. Really? Yes. That so is in, right that outside Danilo, the lanes. And there's another two mi- There's one just two miles down the road. Danilo, that means that yeah. also, too, uh, unbeknownst to you and kind of defaultly, that means you got to come to our next show. Because if you're in the area... You gotta come by and see a show, you know, a local show, a mission. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I was looking uh, the Star Wars bar you uh, guys mentioned. That one's only like forty minutes away. There I mean, you go. I'd fly out yeah. to that, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd fly out for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I don't Space know time when is we'll a blast, man. I don't Maybe know when they're doing it again, but it's a blast. Yeah. I'll I'll email the, the the peeps who put it on and be like, hey, it's been a couple years since Voyager three played. Would you like to have us back? Maybe they'll have us. You never know. Because they kind of like try to shuffle the bands a little bit, not well, have the same it's band. Been, it's been a couple of years since they've been able to do it. Because COVID, yeah, COVID, yeah, COVID, COVID shut yeah, them yeah. down for you know two years in a row now, and I get it, makes sense, totally respect that, and uh, maybe it might be time to have Voyager three back. You never know. Right. So you know, get get your cosplay on and get it that your sweetest Star Wars outfit. Yeah, man. And you already have a Han Solo cosplay in here. Yeah, so you'll fit right in. Mm-hmm. Matt the Radar. That's what I had. There'll be a there'll be a Greedo there for you to like have your little moment with. That's right. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't tell <Shot> me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I believe that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Be sure to check out Voyager Three. Um, Daniel, do you have any closing remarks for this week's episode? Fun. I what? think that's all that matters. You said fun. I just had fun. You yeah, just fun, had fun. Dude. The best. The best time here at Galaxy of Film. Only the best. Only the best, bud. Top notch. Yeah, because this is going up tomorrow. 
we record one day in advance. So. Bro, this is going up in two hours. <laughs> yeah, so only the best. Only the best. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Spotify and iTunes. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel at Galaxy of Film Productions. The New York City Day 3 vlog is up now. Expect Day 4 next week. It is almost being finished at the moment. Uh, stay tuned, guys, and we'll talk to you later this week. Danilo, we're talking Uncharted, right? Yeah, dude. You'll see me. You'll see me on the on the show, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for next week. Bye, guys. Bye.